everybody and welcome to a new episode of the Midmax Show, a place about games, friends, and getting better. My name is Ben Hansen and I'm very delighted to be back! Uh, joined by Kyle Hilliard. Ah, I wasn't done swallowing my water. Joined by Jacob Geller, waterless Geller they call him. We're back! And we're joined by Janet Garcia. Hello, I almost messed up the time zone difference today, but I didn't. I'm here. You are on top of it in 2023. Uh, for everybody out there, I'm sure you're thinking, what do you mean you're back? You, you never left. You've been popping up in my feed once a week. For us, however, a little secret, we pre-recorded those Game of the Year debates. We recorded that, I think, in like June of last year or something. So it feels like a lifetime uh, since we've actually gotten together and podcasted about games, but we're excited to jump back into it. So this episode... It's going to be chill. It's going to be relaxed. We're going to sit back, talk about what we played over our big winter break. And then, just in case you can't get enough of top tens, if you're like, more game of the year 2022 talk, I demand it. Um, no more of this subjective nonsense. No more of, well, here's what I think about Citizen Sleeper versus Norco. <laughs> so I realized I'm just looking <laughs> directly. That is what I sound like. <laughs> I, was, I, tried, I should have chosen a non-Jacob Killer game for the second one. Um, but we're going to get objective with this damn thing. We have the top 10 list of games of 2022 as compiled by the MinMax community. We literally had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people submit their favorite games of 2022 into a big old survey. So this is the unimpeachable, objective, correct list of the best games for 2022. And we'll get into it uh, a little bit later in the show. And then, of course, community questions for the, the big back end of this thing. Uh, Jacob Geller, do you feel well rested? How are you doing overall, tone wise? Yeah, I think so. You know, it's always kind of like I did a pretty good job of like not working for a while and then starting it up again. I feel like I'm. I'm starting to pedal a bike on like gear one or whatever, where it's like really hard to get it going. Uh, But I I, I had a I had a lovely break. I was very happy with it. Yeah. Did you have like goals? Did you write anything down of like, this is what I want to accomplish for this thing? No. Uh, And that was kind of I I enjoyed not accomplishing things. Yeah. Janet, you seem like too hard of a worker to like really relax over like a. holiday break you seem like somebody like even in your break you want to have goals no no have any goals in the back back of my mind i'm like oh maybe we could dip in to finally like play a couple last second 2022 games and i'm like i just don't want to so then i got to it was funny because i like one reason i put off doing my um personal top 10 like on my website i'm like i'm gonna you know maybe i will squeeze like i had to lie to myself one more time in 2022 i'm like maybe i'll fit one more game in and then i got back and i'm like well these are the same games i was thinking about three weeks ago so i guess it's time to order them yep i'm kind of in that same camp of like god do i keep mopping up 2022 stuff before we lock in our personal top 10s which we'll be sharing on minmax's twitter by the way you can give us a follow at minmax show if you want to see all of our top 10s we'll run it all down there but um listening what what made me go back on the idea of going back and forth between wanting to go back to 2022 games is listening to like other outlets game of the year stuff where even though it sounds like I'm picking on one person at one game, but even though I feel like every game got a fair shake for the two Name tens, that person, well, there was like, I was listening to, I think it was um, next lander and the way they talked about Norco, there were like things were like, Oh wait, is that game a lot cooler than I think I, I forgot about? Maybe in our initial discussion, we brought it up as having fun, uh, quirky elements in there but i forgot how silly some of those elements could be jacob from when we talked about it earlier in the year so then the one that killed me though right now (laughs) i know but they listen to like giant bombs game of the year uh they also spoiled something about later game pentiment and i was like oh it's weird to have a big spoiler for a game 
and then that feels you being like, I think I need to go back to that. I think that game's a lot more interesting than I gave it credit for. Oh, that on... happens to me all the time. Oh, really? I mean, that was honestly like hearing hearing uh, Kelsey talk about uh, our moment of the year of Xeno Chronicles or whatever. Uh, I was like, <laughs> Jacob, it has I... a name. It's Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Give okay. it the respect that I will give it later in the show Ooh. when I reveal that I've played entirely too much of that game over the break. Save the reveal. Save the reveal. I'll save it. I'll uh, save it. Yeah, this but it's an like I, number one kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was I was much more interested in playing that game after hearing her spoil, you know, arguably the game's biggest moment or whatever. So, yeah, yeah there's a there's a place for spoilers as motivation. There is I yeah. actually last year was a big eye opener for me, which is it's funny because it's related to before your eyes in that like it was spoiled for me on the min max show. Like I was open to that. I was like, I don't think I'm going to get around to this. I want to hear what happens. And then I did play it in 2022 and it totally floored me. Like really? even knowing exactly what was yes. going to happen, I was still just sobbing uh, by the time I finished that game. Absolutely. As, as so God that, that opened my eyes in big way of like, you know, yeah, this just because you know, it's going to happen. Doesn't, doesn't, break it down and ruin it necessarily i mean maybe sometimes it does well i think something like pentiment 2 which is objectively a cool game and the more i think about it the more it's just it blows my mind like for us it was number four on the list is that right for the 210s um but it just blows my mind that it's like oh this is microsoft's most critically successful game in a long time right it's it's weird like oh pentiment was the answer microsoft that's the game you're looking for if they really care about awards and stuff like that which i'm sure they're much more interested in conversions oh, to game microsoft pass. just going back to the old make a game that looks like an ancient medieval manuscript page <laughs> right uh, that was one that um i i'm sure this is um heresy uh, pun intended if you played pentiment but what got me to really uh, spend a lot more time with that game um was like turning off the custom fonts because it was like an extra little squint especially on steam deck to read that stuff and then also it would like write it out for every line in the game and i turned it off so it's just like immediate text on the screen like those two really help propel me uh, to get further in that game at least like in the, the second act is where i'm in and also the realization that it's like oh that game's ultimately just like immersive theater which i'm a big fan of and realizing like oh i can miss things and you kind of just go about your day and whatever storylines you pick up on you pick up on it it made it a little more compelling that way so hats off to that thing uh kyle you were all in on xenoblade yeah, like I, I, when we were having the year-end discussions, I, I had said that I started it. I had been like three hours in or something like that. Right. But yeah, that was, I played a lot of stuff over the break, but that was like the one that was my go-to that I spent the most time with. I think I'm like 25 hours in at this point. Really? And how long to beat says like if you just kind of main path it, it's like 60 hours, which is like not crazy to me. Like that doesn't, I for some reason, I, I, liter- I was worried to check it because I thought I was going to be like 90. And when it was 60, I was like, oh, wait, you know what? This is crazy, but I think I might actually finish this thing. I think I might. What a, what a hilarious uh, prank to pull on myself is that I actually <laughs> finish Xenoblade Chronicles 3. We'll see. I'm not fully committing to that yet, but I mean, I, I'm in. I'm really digging it. Like, I'm really having a good time with it. Has the, um, has the combat rolling out, tutorials rolling out, all that fun stuff? You're still in the thick of it, I'd imagine? No, it's like there's still tutorials popping up here and there, but like, I, I am very much like when it comes to just video games in general, I'm like a lock in early and stick to that thing and really get good at that one thing. Like Elden Ring, I didn't change my weapon the whole game. Like I had the dual blades from the beginning and I kept it that way. And I was like perfectly happy with that. But the thing about Xenoblade is that like, 
any character can be any class and you are rewarded for switching characters and classes. Mm. So like I actually am finding myself changing up often. If I'm like, I'm tired of playing this way. I can just, it's, I don't even have to go into a menu. I can just switch a character at any time and just start playing as them. And then combat feels a little differently. And if I'm struggling, then I can go back to the combat that I really had the most hang of. So like it's, it's like it's varied enough that I'm not getting bored with it. And I think that's I think that's a big thing that's like helping me like propel me forward. Other than the story being genuinely interested, they do it. There's a lot of cutscenes, and I do wish I could speed them up. I don't think they're bad or not interesting, but I just wish they would move faster a lot of the time. Is it? Like the Mario and Luigi games, like if you hold down the the L or R button, you can fast forward. And it's like I just want that. I just want to listen to this podcast at at 1.25 speed, you know, just to like just get through things. Faster. But they do a good job of like dropping in revelations like every 30 minutes of gameplay something like that i've i've been really impressed right on yeah i'm kind of jealous it's nice to have a uh a big jrpg to play over the winter months there's something well, I, cozy about a winter you, ben, because i always remember i think it was the fire emblem persona crossover game for wii u Shimagama, yeah fire, uh, yeah sharp fe uh tokyo mirage session yeah where you said like hey wouldn't it be funny if i just beat this game right wouldn't that be, <laughs> what what if i just did that wouldn't that be funny I wouldn't still that think be a funny, funny thing to do and i feel like that's what i'm doing with xenoblade chronicles 3 i'm like hey guys wouldn't it be hilarious if i beat this game <laughs> yeah but one is like beloved and those are number three in the year and the other one is like an anomaly that barely anybody remembers right, existed yeah, from the yeah. wii u and is, the Switch. um I, I'm curious, and this is foreshadowing for what I've been playing. Are you able to just main path that game or are there sections where it's like I need to grind? I need to, you know, kind of level up more before I can take on the next story mission. I think I've died. I died at one boss fight. And what I did is I just I, I didn't have anyone uh, who was the class to heal me, I realized. And so, like, right, I, it check marked me like right before that boss fight again. I just changed one of the characters' classes to be a healer, and I was fine. And that's like the closest I've come to anything that's like I, I don't think I think you can main path it without having to grind too much. Is, mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. There's yeah. an auto battler too, right? Like, how good is that? Like, how have you oh. used that at all yet? I haven't, but that's cool. I'll have to look at that. I, I maybe don't turn I, to the dark could, side, especially because I'm going back to like other areas where there are weaker enemies now. That would be great to just turn on an auto bat auto battler for the weaker stuff. I'll have to look into that. Uh, Kyle, I heard you on that uh, on that there uh, Game Informer show podcast. Your your interest was peaked in another RPG. Maybe you're RPG'd out at this point. But did you end up going to play Chained Echoes? Um, I didn't because oh. I did because I I'm. I am a game hopper. I'm a serial game hopper. I do hop between games a lot. But like that was one where this I was like... This is the same I'm space. I... You can admit that. <laughs> right. I was like, I'm either going to do Xenoblade or Chained Echoes. Yeah. I, I can't do both of those. Um, I am interested in it, though. I, yeah. It does look cool. It's, it's on Game Pass. Um, it is an indie Western RPG that, well, I say developed in the West, but very, very much inspired by 16-bit RPGs. So if you like Chrono Trigger specifically, you should look into Chained Echoes. Um, the beginning yeah. is like a very funny kind of fake out even on the Chrono Trigger opening, which is very fun. And like starting it up, it's just 
look, as a fan of old school JRPGs, it's just nice to see modern developers nail it. Of like, yes, this is what we want. We don't ask for much. We like having a little notification when somebody in the world has something new to say. We like having a map with objective. We like having our HP restored after every battle. These basic convenient things. It's like it moves things along so well. And the, the brilliant thing about Chained Echoes here is it has like a... An interesting combat system where it's called like the overdrive meter. Because even like Chrono Trigger, as beloved as it is, like you find your moves and you just kind of spam them by and large, right? I got my favorites. Here's those moves 6,000 times. Think of even like Sometimes a... Sometimes you do them in the gym of your school. That's and attack right. your teacher. It's all over the... Pl- <laughs> wow. Deep cut to the deepest dive on Chrono Trigger. Check it out, everybody. From two and a half years ago. Uh, <laughs> Basically, Hanson attacked his one of his teachers, well, I think, with a Chrono It was I was attacking a fellow student in my defense, and the teacher <laughs> got caught in the crossfire of uh, X Slash. Um, but um, <laughs> where I was going with it is, you know, you even like Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. You like you have your strong moves, you just bang them out uh, infinite, infinitely. But the thing with Chain Echoes that's kind of cool is it has like this overdrive meter in the top left, and so. If you're in this sweet spot in the middle of this meter, you do more damage and you take less damage. But as you go past it, you keep doing moves and it brings the meter up. But then as you go past it, you have to do different moves, certain types of moves or defend to bring that back down to the sweet spot. So it like encourages you to vary up your gameplay, which for an old school style 16-bit RPG is a really creative solution for it. So it's it seemed very smart and I like playing a little bit on my Steam Deck and was kind of in the camp of... Wouldn't it be funny if I finished Chain Echoes? But ultimately, I, I didn't do it. But it seems very let's, cool. Let's, yeah, let's how long to beat it. Let's see how long it is. Because I am, I do want to try it. It sounds cool. I'm going to go with 40 hours is my prediction for Chain Echoes. When you said Western RPG, I truly thought you were talking about like, oh, Cowboys? Oh, like no, that's... that's <laughs> that was, I was like, oh, cool. That's only Jeff Alive Alive. Favorite, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right, which yeah. apparently is uh, no good according to that hack, Jeff. Um, uh, 27 hours hey. um, for Chain Deco. So okay. I'd almost be done with it if I dropped my Xenoblade Chronicles time into Chain Deco. You could have chosen wisely, man. Uh, Janet, what did you play then? What was what was your break like? Um, It was whatever I felt like doing for the most part. My break did end with like my last bit of content. So I did stream like some, you know, accused like a dragon and I streamed my last stream of the year. You hate to see it was Jack too, because like I did that last year with my brother Um, and like Jack one, you know, Jack and Dexter. We did that last year together and I did it again for the deepest dive. And I was like, yeah, Jack two, make it like, you know, we can't beat it because it's a little too long unless you like just go like 24 hour stream because it's like maybe a low 20s high teens game yeah um but i'm like yeah we'll play it and here's the thing oh i was like oh yeah this is my favorite game ever like i love this game it's you know it has its flaws but like da da da. like i've talked to many places about why i like this game and getting into it i'm like i know it's kind of hard because like it's a little jank but i'm a pretty good player especially for games like this like i've played this game this franchise my whole life i'm pretty good at platformers you know my brother i feel like isn't as good at games as me at this point. Like I've surpassed him because I keep I've played so much. Um, but I'm like, oh yeah, we'll be fun. We'll be fun. This game was so hard. Really? Jack and too. so rough that it is no longer my favorite game of all time because oh, that's no. how rough Ooh. it was. It was so Devastating. What what it were was, you playing it on? What was the rough part of it? Everything. <laughs> like uh, it's funny because it's like it came all back around like in life, right? Like when this game came out, like it would definitely was a divisive game, even though it scored pretty well because of like the gun element and everything. And people were like, oh man, that game's kind of bad. And I'm like, no, it's like great. 
And then like time went on and people were like, yeah, the game's like, it's just, it, you know, the first one's good and the other two aren't good. And I'm like, nah, y'all tripping. Y'all know what you're talking about. And then I was like, was everyone right? Is this, how was I never seeing this before? Um, so many things were rough about it. Um, and not even just the driving, because the driving I'm fine with. I know how to do it. It's it's floaty, but I can do it and I do it fine. It's like the fact that there's no like lock, like if there was just a lock on in that game, I think in a strafe, I think all of its problems would be solved. But yeah. like it's so hard to shoot. You you die so easily. The checkpointing's awful. Like there are a few missions that are like, oh yeah, this is pretty fun. But like for the most part, it was just like pain point after pain point. And I just, so many decisions. I'm like, everything you did, I would do the opposite. That's interesting because I feel like with the deepest dive in Jack and Daxter, it's like, yeah, there's some frustrating parts in that game, but by and large, like pretty cool well, platformer still. Oh, yeah. okay. So it's weird it. to have a sequel, like be torn down so much by the current day, but the original is so, like, no, that holds up. Yeah. New, new favorite game, just Jack and Daxter Precursor Legacy. Wow. Okay. It's an easy swap. It's an easy swap, but it it was painful to experience it in real time in front of an audience. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was just like a really I was like, do I hate this game? Like this root this that stream ruined my life. Um, we'll probably finish oh, it later, no. but I'm like, I really don't want to. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I, I feel like the thing because I actually revisit Jack 2 pretty frequently. I think I played it in the last year or two really? like because you can play it on PlayStation 5, I think like you can download yeah. it. And, and I think I bought it. And and to me, it was like the open world part is the part that really struggles. Like if Jack and Daxter is like an evolution of Crash Bandicoot, Jack 2 is like, oh, Grand Theft Auto 3 is really interesting. We should right. try to do that. Which sounds and fascinating. Then like, the levels, I feel like, to, at least to me, like held up pretty well. Like the platforming levels were still great. And I really love the tone and the story of that world. But driving around the open world is not interesting. And it's annoying but See, i am yeah, the open world I'm, is my favorite I'm hard, of the game it bums me out it's sad to hear that it, it dropped so low in your sort of like favorites because i i yeah but i yeah jack jack maybe and daxter is a cleaner like easier game to go back to for sure maybe you visit since you revisited it more often maybe you like maybe. gained the resilience that you needed to like continue and i do remember because i do remember i, I know when you put college. up the blinders right because yeah. i remember playing it in college and being like yeah like i still really like this game it will i do remember being hard as hell and i do remember finishing it and being like i'm never gonna do this again because it was so awful to get through but I thought it was just because it was hard. And then I thought, I'm like, well, I'm a better player now, so it'll, it won't be hard anymore. But I'm like, oh, no, it's not just hard. It is designed annoyingly in many spots that then when come like it, it. And that's the thing. Like, it's the worst kind of difficulty. So, yeah, uh, you I'm, know, that was rough. Sorry, but it's, what, nice what version of <laughs> What version of never meet your heroes is this? <laughs> <laughs> just never, never go back play. to your childhood. And then it's a lot of people were like, yeah, like, don't go back and play these old games. But like... I'd rather, at least now I'm no longer living in ignorance, so I'm fine with this, you know, rollout, but it was not expected. And I was like, all right, I guess I just, and then it was funny because my brother like finished the stream with me. He went to go talk to Maggie, his wife, and he was like, and then he was telling her what happened. And she's like, that's horrible. So that's not her favorite game anymore. That's so sad. Shattering. I'm like, you know, I mean, what, what am I going to do? Pretend that this is my favorite game? It's not. It was not good. It Thank was rough. It was very rough. Us. Oh, yeah. Speaking of going back to old games, uh, that was also uh, part of my mission as I kind of meandered into it over the break. And I looked at the release date, and it's uncanny because six days after the release of Jack 2 on October 14th, 2003, a game came out that I was very curious if it holds up, um, and I played a lot of it over the break, uh, and it's SSX 3. And the good news, everybody, mm. that game is still one of the best. Because uh, yes. I wrote down in my phone a while ago, like, oh, 
it's so wild that SSX3 is backwards compatible with the Xbox. So it was just a delightful couple of days of booting up on my big Xbox Series X, just this old version of SSX3. You can just buy it in the store for $10. Like, if you have an Xbox... Buy this for ten dollars, everybody! It's one of the greatest games ever, and it's just it is, made is me appreciate. Is on there? Do you know? I think ooh, I don't know because that's that's the one I have nostalgia for. Really? really okay. I bounced off of, but and that's the first. That's the one from that was on GameCube. Is that the first one? Well, no. So the first one was SSX. Um, I think SSX tr- SSX three for sure was on GameCube. That's where I played it. I don't think Tricky was. I think I would hmm. guess one and hmm. two were exclusive to PS two. Um, so you bounced off of three back in the day, Kyle. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I think I just, I wanted just to get to the snowboarding and I was like confused more than anything else by the by the open worldness of it. It's not really open world, no. right? But no. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was surprisingly I open. I was too obsessed with Jack 2 at the time. I couldn't I, be bothered with I that. I get it. Effect. Yeah, like based on so many modern games, it is wild to go back to this and it's like, oh, I saw this as so open world. But I do think it's like that perfect balance between freedom and structure where it's like oh you can go down the mountain just freestyle it and find these races and these freestyle courses if you really want to or you can just jump to any specific spot as well on the transportation but it was just like it was just the best case scenario video game nostalgia splashed right in your face of jumping into this game they'd be like oh that's right Kaori was one of my favorite characters of that generation like just that cute Japanese girl who just shouts in Japanese while doing 4,000 tricks in the air flying over a mountain it is just the best and I forgot that like it sets things up in a way with SSX3 like oh these returning characters are coming back but then there's whole new characters and then having the characters like interact with each other on the mountain like Mac is snowboarding down the mountain next to you and he's just yelling at Kiori like hey I'll see you later not so good if you think you're so good take me on one on one Unbound. it is a little Need for Speed Unbound yeah it's got that EA DNA in there um, but it's still, it still it rules good so much. It, only in the good way. This was back when EA was like beloved in my mind. Like I was so excited seeing that logo pop up during this generation of EA big stuff in particular. I was about to say, would they still do the EA Sports? Yeah. It's an. They did that for in the. Did they do the in the game thing for their like not realistic games? I don't remember. No, EA's only in the game for some of the games. Um, mm. It's very specific. Like the real games. We're not in this it's one. Only real gamers can tell if EA is in the game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it is funny. Have we ever the have EA we talked, is stored in the game? You know. That's right. <laughs> have we ever talked about the the fact that there's like no agreed upon uh, thing for what SSX stands for, it, like it, in within the game? I thought. I think in the first one they say, but maybe they change it at some point. But it, it's like I, I'm looking at I'm looking at the Wikipedia, but it said SSX is intended to be short for Snowboard Supercross, but the complete title has never been referred to in any way in the marketing or promotion. <laughs> According to 2012's SSX, the acronym means Snowboarding, Surfing, and Motocross. What? So that just means that every SSX game that was just snowboarding. Uh, was missing the two Ooh. other well i know things. surfing s- snowboarding is just surfing on the snow. so that gets a pass. also there's never been motocross or surfing in an ssx game well has there? it well no. was there the However, 2012 one no maybe no, no? maybe no. i didn't get far enough i was no i no one did I, I don't know why they the, would have said i that. think that I, I think zoe in the game was a motocross driver and i think there was a motocross game on ps2 that 
brought in some of those characters like Moby and Zoe or something. There's some crossover there. So at least canonically, they're familiar <laughs> with driving dirt bikes around. By the it's way, just so I, funny that it's like, we all know those three letters. They don't mean anything. <laughs> they're, they're just three letters. I, I had in like an SSX itch a couple of years ago, we and that did. was the one that I just had like on my account on Xbox was the the, um, yep. the 2012 one. Yep. And it's so funny because it's all about getting dangerous slopes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I remember just laughing because the intro to one of the um, courses was like this giant 3D skull coming at the screen. And like, oh, this is going to be scary. And then it literally just had like some trees and the word trees like following (laughs) behind the skull. And it was like that was the threat in that level. It was like avoid the trees. But to just treat it as like, you know, the same level as like, you know, like missiles or guns or something. Well, I mean, if trees are going to kill you, look out. The amount of people that have died from missiles on planet Earth versus the amount of people that have died from trees while skiing. I mean, it's got to be close. Um, it is weird going back to a game from 2003 that was big on product placement, and now that's just like forever locked in amber. So it's very big on pushing the Honda Element, the car where the doors kind of open up like this. Like there's a whole section where the doors open up like this, and you literally jump through a Honda Element. <laughs> and then the other part that's amazing, and this was like, oh, the ultimate tickling of nostalgia. Something I completely forgot about was, do you remember the soda pop DNL? From this era, no. the early two thousands, it was <laughs> don't don't like that. It? It's the it's the Seven Up. It's Seven Up branded, and it's Seven Up upside down. But it was kind of like Seven Up if it tasted more like Sprite. Is how I remember DNL. Kyle, I trust. Oh, this, this is like is, peak. Living. I don't like this. You must Not remember a picture. this. Yeah. This oh man, I kind of remember that. Well, it does look this? like Seven Up upside down. I mean that that was their brilliant move. Is what if we took our company and flipped it upside down and marked it as something is new? This? It's like is this a heads up Seven Up reference? I don't know. Yeah, the make Seven oh, Up yours. It, they were on top of it back in the day. I mean, is is it just okay? Uh, so this says. Seven Up has a fairly standard lemon lime flavor. DNL was a stronger lime lemon citrus flavor. <laughs> it's just nonsense. I remember trying also, it. Also, it said from looking at why was it discontinued? Google says the soda had a short shelf life, so I guess it was just slowly like, aging really that's quickly so on the shelves funny. and stores. Well, that's bad news but for SSX the can. Product I've placement didn't uh, make it rise to the top. Well, I, I, was, I do think now. this is why patching games is bad. Is losing yes. like contemporary uh product placement i mean it's like death stranding without the monster energy uh, a poor imitation of yeah. death stranding with right. the monster energy it is disappointing to play it that way i'm not gonna lie that's such a weird so was that just for the director's cut if i go back to the original even which i know i was gonna do over holiday break but i didn't um all if i went back are... it's nuked out of all of them they wait they updated like the ps4 one i thought they did did they not because uh, isn't it they like lost the licensing rights and so they had to i i, I thought that, that it was across everything I, I, well, I think it's that they could stay in the original game, but they couldn't have it in new releases. Mm. But I th- I'm almost certain that because I played a bunch of the director's cut to get to the new content. And I'm almost certain I did not drink Monster Energy. Oh, they're definitely cut. not in the director's right, cut. Right, yeah, the question is, it. is it in the just like, yeah, but still you're missing out. I know. What, the, what did you play there over that break there, Jacob Geller? Uh, well, I played Janet mentioned it a second ago, but I played uh, about. 20 hours of yakuza like a dragon yeah leo's also playing it right now and like 
Did Sarah finish it? Or no, she hasn't started it yet. She's still working her way through the entire series to get to it. Sarah's braver than I am. She's going through that whole thing. That thing is long. It's a boofy boy. It is ridiculous that she's going through that entire series. It's weird, though, that this wonderful game from 2020 is still so relevant that people are still finding it and talking Mm -hmm. about it. Uh, Has it just been on your backlog for a long time, Jacoby Color? And not even, I mean, I kind of just had a like, like I may play most of my games on PC and I kind of had a moment of like, I just want to sit on the couch and look at something on the PS5, which is just kind of like a different, you know, gaming experience or whatever. And it was winter and I didn't have to be playing anything for work. And so I was like, what is a like a long game? Um, And yeah, I, I had like, I've tried zero, but just like the first, you know, two hours of it or whatever i'd never yeah. really gotten into a yakuza and then just uh took the plunge and uh surprise great game it's so damn good how far are you janet without spoiling anything do you get a, like a chapter uh, um i have it written down somewhere but i don't have it pulled up right now probably like chapter if there's slight spoil there's 15 chapters in the game um probably like chapter 12 okay like 11 or like 13 or something like i'm pretty close yeah. to the end and i'm i'm at 10 okay um, oh man you really beamed through this that's impressive i i guess i mean but also like chapters are really different lengths like some yes. some of them are like kind of an hour linear and some of them are like you got the whole city do whatever you want go establish your like bakery empire yeah on 12 oh, also did you do the um i gotta ask uh the business simulator did you do that what's your opinion on that I, I have not. I did like the tutorial on it and it was just yeah. like, this is, oh boy, okay. uh, this is a lot. I couldn't do it either. Yeah, man. Wa- join I've, me and team walk away from the business simulator. Yeah, yes. I've played, I've played a little dragon cart. You know, I think that mm-hmm. that part is pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, but mostly I have been just, you know, it's like I'll do all of the the sub stories that pop up around, but I haven't gone as much into the mini games that you could seemingly just play forever. We are in the minority. People are screaming right now about how much that business game rules because there's a lot of people who play this game that are all in on that. And it, it is there's benefits to doing it. Um, pretty there big benefits. benefits. It's the only way to get rich but in the game. How, really. how does it how does it rule? I need to know. <laughs> I don't it's know. Like, it's like I just it just seems like you're looking at spreadsheets. It's like, oh, this person's has a high, you know, stamina. So you put them there. I feel like the people that like it are the weird ones. Um, and and I have some crossover from my like Twitch stream and like this community. How dare you obviously. say that about my wife, Janet? Um, this is wife. You know, you know her more than I do. All right, like <laughs> broken clocks. I don't know, but I I don't know. It's very complicated to do the mini game, and everyone just tells me, "Oh, look it up," and like, or oh, I had to look it up to learn it. But like, once I learn, like, there are great benefits to it. But I feel like the act of playing it isn't fun, and I don't. I personally don't feel like the game does a good job teaching you. And I kind of hate when like, I feel like I need ancillary content to do it because the game didn't like do it for me. Right. Um, right. And everything else in that game is really fun. So I'm like, I'll just skip it there. I did hit a, a wall where you had needed quite a bit of money that I was a little concerned about. And I'm like, I'm just going to needlessly grind. And everyone in my chat's like, you know where you could go for money. And I'm like, I don't, we, we have no way of knowing. Yep. We have no way of knowing. I'm not going to go look at numbers just so I can make more numbers. I know that doesn't make sense, but there are, there are big things you can get from that. So I get that it's weird, but that is, that's the thing about yeah, Yakuza like, like a chicken. Yeah, that's right. Um, I, I love that game so much. Uh, there, there are some difficulty spikes. That's some of the steepest difficulty spikes I've experienced in like a turn-based RPG 
in the last decade is in Yakuza Like a Dragon. There's a couple fights like, are, what is this? Am I doing something horrifically wrong? Because I, I that's, was plowing ahead that it's just a roadblock. That is my main experience. And I know, I mean, I was talking to, to someone yesterday who was like, you have not hit kind of the main skill check or whatever right, in that game right. yet. But it's like, I just have not played a big budget RPG in a while that did not, you know, it's like Final Fantasy VII Remake. Not for a second do you have to like think about grinding outside of just the normal missions that game hmm. gives you you know it's like you yeah, can you can yeah. do other stuff but it's like you'll never get to a place where it's like i'm getting one shot and i did the last story mission and i was fine and like that is i have had that happen here and and it's it's just kind of like there is some old school design in there that i am not super familiar with and it's kind of interesting to be running into because it's just like it's not, you know, as someone who mostly plays action games and, you know, games that are not turn based, it's just like, oh, I just I just can't do enough damage. Like, it doesn't matter what <laughs> buttons I press. I just can't right. do it. Yep, Yeah. Yeah. Just do it. Uh, yeah. Keep doing the, the side stuff. You know, like some of those side quests, especially towards the end, are some of like the funniest, silliest thing. Like without spoiling anything, there's just there's a guy who's trying to cage animals. And that one just killed me because it keeps coming back again and again. And believe it or not, these animals keep getting out. And they're just like bigger and bigger. And it is such a stupid joke. I mean, there's there's the one near the beginning that I feel like is famous at this point, which is the guy who has baby formula. Right. And yeah. then and then you like hear the crying baby. And the, but then the, I, every single time I think it is so funny where it has like one musical cue that it's like now we're shifting into oh my God, the me meaningful yes. thing. Where, sad, the sad music. You were like, you know, being a mom is really hard and you should support her more, even if you think you're just doing that at work. And it's it's like the same music cue, but that it's also yes. like, you know, people don't put a lot of work into making toys anymore. And back in the day, they did put a lot of work into making toys. And it's just like every single mission will have some kind of like meaningful quote like that. And I think it is so funny. It's so the damn good. Effect. It's uh, the best. It took me, I will say, it took me a while, but now I feel like I'm used to it. And maybe I could go back to Yakuza 0 to just have that, like, there are like seven different levels of production quality a cutscene can have. Hmm. Where at the top, it is like one of the most beautiful kind of like rendered, like the characters are so emotive. The voice acting is so good down to the bottom where it's like they're not even moving their lips and it's just like text and they kind of grunt but then there are like four steps in between that of like sometimes they talk but they don't move and sometimes they move a little but you can still skip through it and sometimes it's yeah. just like it's so funny how many yeah. different kinds of cutscenes are in that game I, that's a that must be that's like a jrpg thing i think because xenoblade has that too mm. right where it's like all over the place uh, i imagine if you make a game that's like a hundred hours long yeah. You just can't not do that. <laughs> you know, you need kind of easier things. But I think that's kind of the amazing thing about Dragon's Like a Dragon where, yeah, even if the presentation is jumping all over the place and it is so absurd, like, it is a miracle that that game emotionally and dramatically works as well as it does. There are, it feels like there's a thousand things to distract you from the core story of that game and it's so silly. But then every time they hit, like, the development of the main plot, I'm like, yeah... I really care about these characters a lot. I mean, the first the first like three hours of that game is unbelievable. 
just just like the number of hits that they keep you know throwing at you and the twists and like the yeah. the the time jump which i did not know was coming oh, is fun. just so crazy and just like hooked me immediately it's damn good and also uh if you've never seen the launch trailer i know we're playing it for the video version right now but go back and look at the launch trailer for yakuza like a dragon because it is especially with the music like one of the greatest launch trailers ever it's so damn good uh I um I've been biking a lot, doing indoor biking, and so naturally I went back to Pokemon Violet for even more post-game stuff. Like, okay, I can battle all the gyms again. I'll do that. So I did outside of catching everything in the game. I did basically everything I can do in Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, and had a, had a good time doing it. But on my exercise bike, I was looking for like something else handheld I could play, something on Steam Deck. I played more Vampire Survivors still a hoot but it was like i'm a little i'm a little burned out i'm looking for something else i can listen to podcasts to and ride on an exercise bike too and vampire survivors is like that perfect venn diagram but i just tweeted out and asked folks like hey is there anything else that is kind of like vampire survivors that would be good for this and god bless lucy james over there from GameSpot and giant bomb and stuff she recommended a game called dome keeper which i maybe had heard of but it came out in september do you remember this thing kyle no, I just remember her because I listened. I listened to Giant Bomb's end of the year stuff. Yeah. I remember her sort of uh, pushing for it, and it was one that I sort of checkmarked in my mind. I'm like, I gotta go check this thing out. I gotta see what this is. Yeah, I really love it. It is one of those games that just immediately you get the hook. It's simple. It's like, yep, I got it. And all it is is there's a dome, some sort of biodome like thing on a freaky alien planet. It's a 2D kind of side perspective, right? Um, and the dome's up top. And occasionally there's waves of aliens attacking it. But then the big thing is you can then mine and dig down below to get more resources to upgrade your weapons, upgrade your dome, upgrade your speed. And so it's this constant push and pull of like mining down below. But then be like, those aliens are coming. I got to get up there and man the guns and actually protect this thing. So it's just immediate loop that makes sense for a gamer's brain. But it looks beautiful. It was developed by just a, a German couple, just like a husband and wife in Germany. It's about that makes it more charming here, but Raw Fury published it uh, last year, but it's so cool. And you unlock, there's a little rogue lighty elements of you'll unlock things. You can keep uh, rolling into the next run. So you get bigger and better and stronger and all that stuff, but just cool things like, okay, you get like a alien dog thing that you can unlock and it'll like mine for you, or you can get big bombs. You can like bring them down deep into the mines and then detonate it to get more resources and stuff. But simple loop, but by God, it works. And dome keeper is the name of that thing. Did any of y'all ever play the game mother load, which was like originally like a flash game and then got like a full indie release. No, good stuff. It feels like that. It was just it was just one of those like when I was a kid and playing like a lot of flash games. That was one of the first times where I was just like, I cannot stop thinking about this game. And it was just like free on like miniclip.com or whatever. But it was it was in my brain. It was another game where you'd mine down and get resources and come back to the surface. Okay, all right. Mother load. I got to look it up. You know, my uh, stationary bike game has been Hanson. What's that? It's a high on life. Really? What? <laughs> That's just... so unhinged. <laughs> well, it's kind of perfect for me riding the bike because I like really active, distracting games. Can't really do a, like, you know, an RPG with the reading and stuff like Xenoblade yeah. is too passive for yep. playing on the bike. <laughs> so having someone just yell at you for like 40 minutes. Yeah. Like genuinely. It's like a yeah. Peloton situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like this cacophony of like guns are yelling at me characters are yelling and then the action i i think it's pretty solid in that game i think it's a pretty decent shooter and so like even and that gets really chaotic as well 
so it's like this perfect game for me. It's like, oh, 20 minutes. I've, I've, fly, I've flown by because it's just nothing but input coming at me. <laughs> what the? Hey, Kyle, see you Let riding that bike there. Hey, Kyle, doing oh. all good on the bike? Hey. Pretty much. Let me not to work out with you, Kyle. That sounds really <laughs> stressful. I don't want to do that. I just need to be distracted. I just can't. I can't remember I'm riding the bike. I hate it. I think I'm distracting. I don't know what's going on. Um, Leo's on vacation right now, but I have seen him boot up high on life multiple times on steam so there's a part of me that's like is leo building up a secret love affair with high on life as well <laughs> what is happening he's, yeah. making, he's making a video on it that's gonna oh, take okay. it down for good yeah no, well, no, i don't no like jokes i feel like ben right now you confirmed the fears that i think a lot of us have just playing online where it's like are people gonna see and like judge <laughs> and you? think about like what i'm playing <laughs> like i had that happen the other day with um one of my friends was like oh i see you've been playing a bunch of disney dreamlight valley like how do you like it and i'm like oh that's not me that's like my um my sister-in-law she just she logs in with my account to like kind of get access to like game pass or whatever games i have and then she like switches to hers but then i'm like how many like other things have happened where people are secretly like having this perception of whatever i'm doing online <laughs> i i turned that off years ago because it was you know i was like people in the my discord were like they were like jacob's playing kane and lynch and i was like nope <laughs> turning that off <laughs> well, i thought you were proud of your kane and lynch love well, yeah, but I hadn't put the video out yet. Oh, so you see this video spoilers. It to be a surprise. I was spoiling future videos. I think people in our Discord can see what I'm playing. Every once in a while, I get a message about it and stuff, but I don't really... I should maybe turn that well, off I, as well. I remember... Yeah, not years. on your secret account, though, right, Ben? Shut up. Well, I remember you, you, Hampton, you would play... Um, <laughs> You know, you would play games the, the 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 number one before the number two was on the Game Informer cover, right? Oh, yeah. And yeah, I remember yeah. you were very like, oh, I need to turn this off because I don't want people seeing me playing Tomb Raider and, and be like, oh, are they are going to have Tomb Raider 2 on the cover? You know, right. Like, uh, like, like the thing where we guess the next blank check series by right. what they've been <laughs> reviewing. Danny Boyle. Okay, we get it. Where's the surprise? Um, oh, really? You, that's exciting. It, it, that's what yeah. the Reddit is pretty confident about, at least for blank check fans. The uh, Kyle, how do you feel about keeping Game Informer covers a secret? Do you think we were too secretive back in the day? Because I was like militant on that thing. I'm like, I'm going on all these trips. I'm not going to give a hint of where I am. I'm not even going to say that I'm traveling. I want to be completely under the radar until it's bam, cover reveal. Um, yeah, I'm like maybe like a little percentage higher than that. I think it's okay to like slightly ever so slightly tease, but um, it is nice for it to be a surprise. It is nice. But then again, it's like, I don't know. It's people don't care about you or anything as much as you think. So it's like, I don't think yes, that, there was like a hardcore fan well. base, like but digging like, through some all this people stuff. do. It's kind of yeah. like you ever post foot. You well, everyone's posted photos online, but like mm -mm. I know now after like many years of being like very visible online that if I post a photo of anything, especially if it's like in my house, people will zoom in intensely on like the details of the background. Yeah. So now I'm like looking at all of every like, oh, there's a magazine there where like two twice removed. It's like the second half of the part of the letter of my apartment building. Like, I do the whole thing right, again. Right, right. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I get it. For people I really like following, I, I think I would be a creep and zoom in on some pictures, too. Yeah, like, I understand. It's a curiosity, especially if it's, like, I have a lot of... Usually, that's, like, my gaming shelves or my, like, media shelves, so people want to see, like... Right, right. What, oh, you own all of Sopranos on DVD? This is really interesting. That's cool. What? This is... Maybe this is too creepy, but, like, sometimes a, a friend, a personal friend, will text me a picture of something... 
And then it's like if you actually like hold down your thumb or whatever no, on no, the no, picture, no, no. Nope. Mm. you can do the live photo. Mm. You can do the live photo, and then you get like a little that little extra second oh, of uh, insight into their life. You know, I'm not. I'm I don't want to be. A creep. I want to know more about my friends. You know, but, I do. You, you do that. Does a regular thing, Kyle? Is your little a live photo? No, I snoop? had one friend who I uh, did it a couple times, and and like I I just thought it was interesting. I think I even told him I was like, oh, you know, you're sending me the like the live photos, so I can I can actually like I, I can see that you're seconds naked of when your you're life. sending that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> but it's not something I check for. If you text me a photo, I'm not going to be like, oh, let's see if they sent me a live I, photo. Ugh, that freaks me out. There's a part of me that kind of likes it <laughs> for just like oh, a second of like an audio glimpse into somebody's life, but it's something that I bet most people don't think about. I've definitely had that where I think I sent a picture to Ronnie, old best friend Ronnie, and he just texted me back and he's like, you sounded so bored talking to your wife. And I was like, what? And so he's just like oh, no. picking wow. up on the audio from it. Ronnie's out here exposing you. I know, it's right. rough. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. Cool. I'm sorry you got a glimpse into a boring conversation. The, on the only thing parts. I take pictures of in my life are animals. And so for that, the live photo, A plus. Yes. You get to see live a little more good. like cat yeah. movement. Right, Great stuff. right. And people rarely like let a big fart rip as they're looking at a picture of a cat. Like it just doesn't I was happen. just like, oh, it was the cat's fart. Right. No, that's the me. best way to get their attention actually if you want to take a photo of them because you want them to look at you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that doesn't work. Uh, anybody else uh, play anything? Good, uh, juicy. I played. I played Fortnite season Hell whatever yeah. it is. I I was I had it on my list. I literally made a list of things to do over holiday break, and it's like read more of the so same. You're the one making the goals. Fortnite. Oh, and that was absolutely projection. Yes, I was making goals and then failing to hit seventy percent of them. <laughs> that's well, that's what making goals is. But that's why I'm like, let's. We did, I did it the whole year. Let's make this just a free fun time. Yeah, uh, Fortnite. Uh, good times. Uh, Geralt and whatnot in there now. Uh, he's not in there yet, actually. He's oh. a mid-season drop, but it is. I mean, this is the first season that they're fully on Unreal Five, right. and so the game looks unbelievable. Well, hang like, on, like so, true. Help! I'm going to cut you off. Wasn't I? I heard a lot of people talking about that. Isn't it just like they did a big visual pass recently? But wasn't that like the 5.1? Didn't they upgrade to five a while ago for Unreal? I I think they had been working on five. Okay. Yeah, you know, like like maybe it had been, but it was like it wasn't really showing it i don't know i i, I okay. don't i don't have behind the scenes but this one is clearly the like this is what our engine can do look at what the game looks like now as opposed to what it did previously and it does it looks amazing but also you know they they just they're always adding things there's like a perk system in the game now there are these big hammers that you can like use to like bounce around the map and so mobility is you know going crazy and there are dirt bikes in there there are dirt bikes and there's a whole like yep. trick system, yeah, which fun. they've actually had before, but it's still super fun. Hang on. Is Fortnite the real SSX? Yeah, it stands for shotguns, skins, extreme. Hang on. Is there snowboarding in Fortnite? There has to be. I don't think so. There's anyway. not snowboarding. Well, you can get a snowboard high. like glider. Okay. Um, and then you can also, if you hit the snow a bunch, it creates a big snowball, and then you can get in that snowball and you roll down a hill. That counts as snowboarding, as far as yeah. I come from. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll be at the Olympics next time. It's going to be pretty sweet. I need, I need to get into Fortnite. I know, and it seems like it's a good time of the year to do it. Uh, I just need to convince I mean, it's my friends always a to good, do it. My friend downloaded it for the first time over break, and uh, when you join, you're just fighting bots and, I don't know, toddlers, and so we got three victory royales in a row. Nice. Which, which is a very satisfying way to yeah. start playing that game. Well, it was really funny when Fortnite was first getting popular, and a lot of people were, like, getting in on it, but and not realizing that, that, that the game was doing that. Right. There were, I remember people would be like, 
you know, I checked out Fortnite last night, and uh, I think I'm like the best at it because I got a bunch of victory royales. And so I'm like, sad. Okay, okay. Like, <laughs> I don't even want to ruin it for you. I'll just be like, great job, man. I'm really proud of you. You're gonna, you're gonna really, you're gonna excel here. <laughs> you ever, do you ever have that thought, like, while you're playing a tutorial and like just knocking it out of the park, where it's like, what if this is the game that I'm just like the best in the world at? <laughs> I've never felt that once in my life. Um, outside of Elden Ring, uh, I think that was the only one where I felt really confident <laughs> that I was going as number one. Which you maybe did or did not finish. You know, I absolutely no finished. Thank you so much. Uh, did you boot that game back up? By the way, Janet, did I see that correctly? Why are you asking that? Uh, is it because you're looking at my PSN? Is that what's going on? I here? don't want to say live photos. No, yeah. you, you tweeted about sent, it four hundred times. I sent Ben a live photo of my TV, and then he logged on to my, his PlayStation <laughs> to see the details. Um, I I was going to mention here. I did redownload it because my okay. sister in law is playing it um and watching her play it i'm like i kind of want i kind of want to try it again even though this would be my third time trying it which is why i was going to mention it because it's too embarrassing That's like fine. i even had to tell like my boyfriend at the time i'm like well my, i mean i told my boyfriend at that time not yeah um i told isaiah i was like all right look i'm gonna tell you something and i need you i know it's gonna be funny i know you're gonna laugh i'm gonna need you to try not to roast me on it I am redownloading it. I'm like, I'm thinking of redownloading Elden Ring because I want to play with Maggie. And and then he, you know, like we talked about it a little bit and I'm like, okay, I'll be even more honest. I'm already redownloading it remotely from my app because it takes a long time to download. I haven't actually tried it yet again, oh, though. Really? Because oh, really? hasn't. She hasn't, because she hasn't played it yet. Um, I was thinking we'd do like a, we did a lot of like land party vibes this break because we have like the big TV in the living room and my little PlayStation 3D TV on like a TV tray that I'll like play on the side if someone else is using the big TV. Mm-hmm. And then now my boyfriend also bought like a mini monitor for like the dining table behind those TVs. So it's like, it's it's a vibe over there. Cause the wattage just used at Janet's house oh. is just off the chart. No, our freaking power, our water and power bill or whatever, like is a lot. Um, and it's purely because of me, but that's fine. <laughs> Stop playing games in the shower. Uh, this is uh, Jacob. This is a weird, but like, can can you play Elden Ring like fully co-op? Like, this is a it's a question I should know considering how much no, I I, I, just the bosses together. Well, you can do. I mean, honestly, my prediction, Janet, for you is like it's easier than in other Souls games to do co-op, but it's still a real pain in the butt. And I think you're just going to be like this design is so obtuse. I don't want to do it. Well, you can. I meant more like we're playing at the same time. That like I'm right. trying to go into oh, that's, game. Oh, that's fun too. I, figured, I think that's like, a good me, approach as well. Yeah. I'm like, let me go back. Like we could do like this, and it was funny too because like I obviously like have some insight into the games because I've played like Demon Souls and like other stuff. So like she was stuck in this like hallway that had like fire coming through it and like one of the dungeons. She's like, I can't get through here. And I'm like, okay, let me try it. And then I'm like, all right. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take off all of our clothes, all of our armor, and we're just gonna run because you'll be less encumbered. So it's like all this dumb weird stuff that I remember from like Demon Souls and i'm like yep it worked and i'm like now you're at the bottom of the ladder will you die at the top yeah but like that's fine it's you'll keep going um so yeah i don't know if i'll go back on my own but i do have it i have it installed um okay but i will say her playing it re-triggered a lot of pain points with that game like there's nothing like having to explain a game to somebody to expose what may be wrong with the game right you're like, how do you do this you feel it well it's like the, okay well they don't tell you this but this is i'm like oh man like there's so many things i have to point out here that i'm like 
we're not going to talk about what I think of this. I'm just going to tell you the information and then, you know, let you go. But uh, take we'll it see. or leave it. Yeah. Kyle, to answer your question. Uh, yes, you can co-op through a lot of it, but it's like, you know, you'll get sent back after every boss and you're not completing it in your world. And it's there are still you kind of have to rely on items. And so it's like That's it's true. easier than it was in other from games, but it's it's still kind of an ordeal. Yeah. But honestly, Janet, like that approach, like playing it at the same time as someone like together. Totally. Yeah, that's cool. Like it's it's it kind of ends up being so communal, like even yeah. between just a couple. I, it's a good approach. I, I'm I'm hopeful that you get some you see what we see out of it, you yeah. know, by by maybe giving another shot that way. Speaking of uh, brutally hard games that are clearly under the radar, um, there's another game that I was playing a fair bit of over the break. Um, and like I got a code for it and I was like, this this seems so weird. I think it's a little bit of my alley. Um, and then I ended up getting really into it. It's called Donut Dodo. <laughs> Donut Dodo. And it's a new game from Pixel Games. Um, it's a $5 game. Um, but it is very much, the way they bill it is like, oh, it's like an arcade game from 1983 was just unearthed. And it's very much old Donkey oh, Kong kids. meets old <laughs> Burger Time. Um, but just hard. There's only five screens uh, to blast through. So you're going to be going for the high score and stuff like that. But if you like arcade games, especially if you like Donkey Kong, like old original Donkey Kong, Donut Dodo, surprisingly solid. Um, and like you're running around trying to eventually grab this big donut and a Dodo's spitting fire and a bunch of nonsense at you. And then there's also just a toilet that's running around the level chasing you. And if it touches you, you instantly die. So it's quirky. But I said, yeah, this kind of looks like a like a game made from Mad Libs. Yes. Yep. Just like donuts, <laughs> dodos, toilets. None of them have anything to do with each other. I think that's the fun just... thing about like, you know, old arcade games. Even like you yeah. can say it about old Nintendo games. Like what? What were they smoking? That old stupid nonsense about the original Mario game and stuff. But like it's it is what a weird hodgepodge. Mario Mushroom and got high. That's it. Then everything what if she makes sense. Miyamoto read Alice in Wonderland, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no. Is that drugs? So. I don't think so. Maybe. I don't know. Probably. Well, uh, what was Alice in Wonderland? Exactly. Yeah, good point. Good point. You shrink down, um, and then there's the one level, yeah, where everything's big, where the Goombas are really big for Alice. I think. Yeah, that was my favorite chapter. <laughs> it's really good. Uh, anybody else been playing <laughs> anything? Stop. I got a little um, list. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, same. Kyle, you can go first. Oh, I, I, um, both Ben and Janet had brought it up uh, a couple times through the year, and I and it was one of those ones I downloaded, and I was like, I should have been playing this earlier. This is totally up my alley. Is Grapple Dog? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Like you blew just it. you blew it. Just a great like you know sort of pixel inspired platformer. I love those kinds of games when they come along, and this one seems like a really solid one. I it's one of those games where I'm like. I won't move on from a level until I found all the gems or whatever, mm. which is like good and bad. Like it, it's good. Cause like, I like the finding everything and it's fun to explore, but it's bad when I can't find the one and I just end up playing the level over and over again. And it's like, I get, I'm making myself frustrated for no reason, but just mechanically just feels like a great platformer. The grapple feels good. Um, just a really solid little platformer that I'm sort of kicking myself for not having played earlier. You want to hear something really sad about grapple dog? Maybe I'm sure. misremembering this and, and projecting too much. Yeah, the dog dies in the beginning. No, uh, I saw like I think it was a developer from the game on Twitter, just being like, "We we've scoured the internet and even looked at everybody's like most under the radar games from 2022, and Grapple Dog still didn't make the cut for those." It was just like this nah. ultimate defeat of moment. Like we made a good game, and truly, it seems like nobody cared 
uh, and like even in the end of the, it, I again I'm projecting too much emotion. Karen, but it, I just hate writing. <laughs> okay, well that's fair. But it's like it, it felt like you know they were looking forward to like oh at end of the year though this is gonna make some list for like best indie games of 2022 and it's like oh not in a big I way. Have it mm-hmm. on um I did have I mean not that they like specifically read my site which is very very small so I guess they didn't see it but like I did have them in my original like top ten of the year because I do one All really right. early like every three months. Um, but I get that. Like, it reminds me of, like, I saw, my brother saw an article, I forgot what outlet, because, like, he doesn't remember, but that was, like, of all the outlets, like, in the world, no one picked Horizon for Game of the Year. Like, <laughs> right, right. You know, so it's, like, I guess it's, sadly, I think for some people, it's a time for, like, the negative fun facts of the year that are just kind of not fun, but, you know, it, was, it is a bummer to hear that they that they feel that way about it. On the flip side of that, I mean, not... <laughs> It, it was a crazy. It was a really good year for games. Like yeah. I, I yeah. think, I think twenty twenty one will go down as like a very memorable twenty two, nineteen ninety nine kind of year. You know, uh, I don't know about ninety nine. It's not two thousand one. It's not two thousand seven. I mean, but... is that true? Like ninety eight. I, I just kind. Of, I feel like last year had one game that everyone was like, "Well, this is one of the best mm-hmm. games ever made." And then, I mean, the reason that I thought the end of year discussions were pretty interesting is because. There was kind of only that and maybe God of War that were like, this has got to be up there. And then there were like 20 really cool indies, yeah. but not not like a, you know, it wasn't like a Bioshock Mario Galaxy, you know, Modern Warfare year or whatever. I, I'm kind I of feel like it you. was. I don't know. I, like I, I, I it's easy to track years since we sort of min max. Right. And doing the big year end discussions and stuff like that. But like 2020, I was really hot on overall. I feel like 2019, 2021 were pretty weak for me personally. And 2022 is the second best out of that batch, you know, but I don't think, I don't know if it's like a hall of fame or by any means, but a, a really good year for indies, I think is kind of the big takeaway for 2022. Yeah. I just don't think that indie years get rem- I mean, it's like 2019 had, had outer wilds and disco Elysium release, which are like, you know, if you talk to certain categories of the internet like two of the best games ever made but if like no one is talking Jacob. about yeah <laughs> I, look if you, if you, if you look you talk, in a mirror and start talking <laughs> if you talk to anyone who professionally makes video essays on youtube of which uh, there are more than me right. uh, but it's like <laughs> you know i just i just don't think that indie games get remembered in that yeah, way yeah uh, speaking of which um kyle did you check out little gator game by chance was it on your list no, I it's it, so good. Oh, you've been playing it's it? like a 3D platformer, mm-hmm. right? Yes, I feel like yeah. Super Kiwi 64 kind of took that that uh slot for me. It's, uh, it's more like a short hike than it is, which is also technically a 3D platformer, but yeah. it's well, more of an exploration than because yeah. Super Kiwi 64, I believe, is more like traditionally old school. This is more yeah, like it happens to yeah. be a 3D platformer more than it's. Super Kiwi is like a proof of concept. It almost feels like a really solid tech demo for sure. Um, but yeah, Little Gator game. Little Gator game is the title, right? It is. Yeah. yeah. Is it on Switch? It is on Switch. Yes, and it runs great I'll yeah, on Switch. That. Yeah. It really Everything it, I've seen about that looks makes it look like something I would. Enjoy. The there's yeah. kind of a glide that's very Wind Waker, Kyle, like that alone. I mean, the, the entire thing there's is kind a of glider. a love letter to homage or like homage to Zelda, I should say. But uh, but I think overall it does feel like and elevation of everything that short hike was going for like okay you're on an island you can climb okay, there's it, the breath of the wild vibes run around have is fun it better than a short like i've been going back and forth on this i want to replay a short hike i feel like a short hike the connectedness of the quests in a short hike i mm. think 
hit in a way that this one doesn't have connected quests. But at the same time, this one, it felt like it, there was more like joy to be had. And I do like the overall message. Well, I kind of did that. No offense, like that classic gesturing and emotion, but not really getting at anything. Like you sure. felt something, didn't you? Because uh, you're a little depressed yourself, aren't you? And I'm like, I how like do they know it's because all of us playing these games <laughs> feels in our way. But I feel like while Little Gator game had a direct message to tell and i wasn't quite sure what message they would end up telling me like i had some ideas but by the time i got to the end i was like this didn't sh- i i don't think i could have quite written down the ending not that it was a complete shock but i felt sure. like they could have been a lot more cliche with how they ended it and i felt like they took that opportunity and really said something um i i love that game that was like a i didn't think of it for my break game because i did that like while i think we were all still like doing like 210 doing stuff 10s, or whatever yeah. but um yeah I, I sat down to stream that for like my last episode of best of 2022 and i beat the whole game on stream because nice. i'm like it's really short it's like four five hours yeah. um if you're not I that good at it yeah. um it's faster if you're better but i got lost at a certain point but like i ate that game up i've been tweeting about that game like crazy trying to get people to pay attention to it because everyone's like on vacation or asleep or whatever but i'm like this time. game is so good yep. like this is like, gonna be the first like to me, banger of 2023, because like since it came out so late in 2022, I'm kind of tossing that into this year. Sure. And I'm like, yeah, immediately, like I put that down in my journal for like, what, what's that weird category for game awards? Like games that have an Im- games for impact, which uh, I have for that category, but whatever, knows? like, let's pick some games. I feel like this is one of those games. This I, I love this game. So yeah. go, please go play it. Everyone listening. It's amazing. Little Gator cool. game. Yeah, it's on Switch, it's on Steam, good Steam Deck game, all that stuff. But Kyle, what else is on your hot list, man? Oh, um, let's see. Um, I mentioned Super Kiwi 64. Um, I, I, I got back into Beat Saber again because like they nice. released like... Um, the Rock Pack. Nirvana. Yeah, the Rock Pack, which is like I didn't I don't like all those songs, but it had Nirvana Smells Like Teen Spirit, uh, which is a great song. And then um, Seven Nation Army from White Stripes, that which I feel like, like a is a particularly one. good Beat Saber song because mm-hmm. it has like a really driving... I mean, that's like rhythm. a drums song yes, more, more than anything. Yeah. yeah. And then I bought like um, the Lizzo pack because I like Lizzo. And so there was like a bunch of new Lizzo songs in there and um, Blinding Lights from The Weeknd was in there, which maybe those released a while ago, but I'd never gotten them. I mean, it's it's funny because like I know a lot of people play Beat Saber and they just like kind of, you know, use the user created tracks. So like all these songs probably exist, but I'm just like too lazy to to go down that path. So I'm happy to just buy new stuff. But I I got really into that again. And then um, this game that uh, Pick Ross... X pick bits versus Uzboros. Come on, stop which it. Which is the one Kyle. I had to write stop down. Stop that again. Uh, Picross X pick bits versus Uzboros is a high speed Picross game. Like you solve little Picross puzzles very quickly to basically set up like a Patapon style fight at the end. Like if you do really well, you see all these like little enemies attack this big guy, and it's like oh, that's cool. I, I mean, I, we don't need to go too deep into Picross because it's just like it's just this really simple like math puzzle that I just I constantly playing. I love Picross, but this is like a whole new take on it, because like instead of like taking your time over these like big puzzles to create a picture, this is like solve this five by five grid, five by five grid as fast as you can. And you get like a nice little visual bonus for doing it as quickly as you can. And it's um it's kind of how sometimes I play Picross on my own anyway. I sort of just like on my own try to solve them as quickly as possible especially those smaller puzzles and uh, so i was kind of fascinated to see this and it's it's from the developers that do all the nintendo picross games it's not like some 
there's a lot of cool. Picross imitators on the eShop, and, and a lot of them are good, but this one's like Jupiter. This is like they're the sort of the front and center at Picross people, and that, that one really came out of nowhere to be one that I was like, oh, weird. They, they should have. Uh, what a cool idea. They could have had another pass on that name. This is truly no, it's a perfect. horrific it's name. It's very memorable. Picross X Puppets <laughs> versus Uzbar. What a mess. I don't All right, know, it's man. in the description for everybody you. if you want to look it up. Uh, that's cool. <laughs> Should we move yeah. on to community top tens, or how are we feeling? Anything else anybody's dying to talk about that they played? Um, I just want to yeah, really shout out a please. couple ones that I dipped into. Uh, good pizza, great pizza. I feel like I've talked about it before. I got it on my iPad because I had played it on Switch. Uh, mm. It's like a pretty old mobile game. I think it came out in like 2014. It's a pizza simulator game, uh, but I went like hard on that game. And then my sister-in-law like loves simulators as well. So she's like, oh, what is this? And then so she downloaded it, and we were both just like grinding endlessly for the event um not gonna lie we spent real money in that game already like it's it's getting it's getting off the rails um, how do you how do you go hard like what does it look like gameplay <laughs> oh, yeah. wise to go hard and good pizza great pizza do you really want to sitting know? on the sofa with our ipads just like endlessly like tapping the screen and just okay, like okay but in the game through. oh in the game um i guess you're going really fast you're making pizza great pizza, man. Not good pizza. Yeah, like you, it's right there. You get like you unlock like different ingredients, and then you also like can buy upgrades to like improve your shop or buy like cosmetics, just make your shop look nicer. So you're like, you know, like I spent a long time grinding for like four hundred fifty dollars, like that first four fifty to get that like high speed oven, and then the, then an event dropped, like a seasonal event for like the holidays. So I was that finished like yesterday. So. I spent a long time playing that, uh, which is what I like about the break. Like, I would never spend that much time in that game, probably otherwise, because I just have other things I probably need to be playing. Um, and then I finally, two-ish years after starting it, my entire household finished Sackboy Big Adventure. So great game, great game. Thank you. It's, it was, took a long, it took a long time. We were playing it on New Year's Eve, and like we're like, oh, can we finish it today? And they're like, there's way too much to do, and it's getting like weirdly really hard, and people are getting upset. Upset. But well, we, finished it. we uh, finished it. Do you like the music levels? The levels where it's like, hey, now we're playing Madonna in the background of this level and stuff? Um, I do, but I think people think of them a little too highly. Like, they're not nearly sure. as good as, like, the Rayman music levels. Yeah. Like, oh, of course not. You well, know what not I mean? Like, I feel like I saw I saw the pinnacle, and then I saw, like, Sackboy, and it's like, it was, it was cute. It was cute. It was cute. Um, by the way, I need to apologize. I've I've blown it on this podcast in several ways. First of all, SSX Tricky came out on the GameCube and the Xbox. And apparently the original SSX, is this right, also came out on Xbox? Wait, no. It must have been a gap though, right? Yeah, well, maybe not. Maybe not. Let me let me see. Maybe not. Um, but also it's X Strike is the move from Chrono Trigger. I I I said something ridiculous, and I'd like to apologize to every Yeah, it's I should be kicked out of the video game industry. It's embarrassing what I did. Um, okay, community top 10. You want to get to these? Yes. Okay, this is, again, compiled from MinMax's Discord, which you can access to if you support us over there on Patreon. Um, and then also, it was in a Patreon post. We literally had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people weigh in on what they consider the greatest games of 2022. Um, these are weighted. So if somebody put the game as number one, it got a little more extra oomph. So thanks to all the mods and Neil Smith in particular, I think, who kind of spearheaded this. So thanks for compiling all this. Janet, um, what's the art of a good list read? Start from the bottom, work our way up? Yeah. Okay. All right, let's do it. Uh, here we go. Number 10. And you can't argue with us. This is objective, everybody, according to the MinMax community. And they're as fair as it gets. Scientifically, the best 
game, well, the 10th best game for 2022 is Pentiment. Number nine, number nine, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Number eight, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. It's lower than a lot of people would like. Number seven, Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Number six, look alive, Jacob Geller. I'm alive. Citizen Sleeper coming in at number six. Hey, as long as they name five games better than that, I'm satisfied. Well, hold on to your butts, because number five is Tunic. Uh, apparently beloved by a lot of folks out there. That's nice to see. I'm uh, sorry, did Tunic make our... It didn't make two our two tens. tens. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. We can go back and fix it, though, if you want. Should no, do I, it up? I don't feel bad about that. Okay. Yeah, we got two people who beat that on okay. the uh, show, at least. Uh, number four, Horizon Forbidden West. Way to go, Horizon. Number three. You got a guess, Kyle? Vampire Survivors? Correct. Number three is Vampire Survivors. Number two, God of War Ragnarok. Number one, Elden Ring. There we go. Uh, but... There's more, everybody, because uh, it's actually they compiled their own two ten. So you want to hear more of these freaking things? So okay. then you should have started at the second. Where is Shredder's Revenge? Uh, that's number one. Actually, that's weird. Was that? Yeah, that was this year. That you think yeah. it'd be on it because it was like we did a poll for halfway through the year, and Shredder's Revenge was like number three or four. Or well, something. that's. I felt like there were people in the community very kindly getting mad at us for like not. No one liking that game. So Justice it's for Shredder. It's not on the list. Uh, spoiler, it's not on the list. All right, number ah, 11. Wow. Number 11 is Neon White. Number 12, Immortality. Number 13 is Tinykin. Number 14, Marvel's Midnight Suns. Number 15 is Stray. Number 16, A Plague Tale Requiem. Hey, it's on the list, everybody. It's on the list. Uh, number down s- Brian putting in putting in the <laughs> putting in the work there. Putting in the bot work. He's like knocking on doors, getting people to <laughs> sign a petition. <laughs> number seventeen, nobody saves the world. Number eighteen, Marvel Snap. Number nineteen, Cult of the Lamb. Janet, do you have a guess for number twenty? Oh man, there's not a lot left. There's not. This uh. was a game from earlier in the year. It didn't yeah. make our two tens, but everybody what, what agrees it's a cool game. If, it, uh, if we hadn't already had that discussion, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Chat says Sifu, but I don't think that's right. Chat Someone is correct. I don't have an idea. It is Sifu, ladies and gentlemen. Really? Number oh, twenty. Else? Did you know that already? Because you're in the community. You know what no, I mean? No, they didn't share it. They didn't share it anywhere. This is this is news okay. to them. Uh, so congratulations to all those games for being in objectively the two tens, and we apologize for all of our mistakes in our silly subjective list that we spent. Uh, our words and deeds. That's right. Way too many hours constructing here. And I uh, just say. Uh, in like February of last year, when Sifu came out, uh, Leo Vader said, "I Sifu, then I eat it." And every single time <laughs> that that game's name has been said since then, <laughs> I just hear that in my brain. It's perfect. Uh, if you want to hear us debate about the games of the year, though, you can go back and listen to the last couple episodes of the MinMax Show podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, always subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It helps us out. Um, and again, our personal top tens are going to be shared on social on uh, Midmax's Twitter account very soon. So stay, stay tuned for all that, please. Stay tuned for it. Um, let's see. Jacob Geller, do you know how this whole thing operates? Um, is it community-based lists? Mainly community-based lists with a dash on the side for flavor of Patreon. Patreon.com slash Minmax with two ends. Thank you to everybody who jumped in there and supported us and let us shatter our goal. We're going to be creating the cozy holiday feast, everybody. 
And of course, that's going to be in the back half of January, just like all cozy holiday <laughs> feasts should be. So thanks, everybody, for jumping in. And thank you to some of our bigger supporters, people like the ever-present Fixture Gaming. They're back, everybody. Uh, Fixture Gaming, if you don't recall, this is the clip that you put on your Nintendo Switch Pro Controller so you can slide the screen right on there so you can play with the truly greatest Nintendo Switch controller on the go. It is very convenient, comfortable. They've been around forever. We've been using them forever. Time tested. Uh, and Fixture Gaming wants you to know that Fixture Gaming is running a New Year's sale on Amazon this week through January 7th. So clock's ticking, everybody. The Fixture S1 and the Fixture S2 carrying case bundles are $5 off. And the Ultra bundles, which include a carrying case and the Fixture Gaming controller, are $10 off. And on top of that, Fixture Gaming has a special offer for the MinMax Show listeners. If you visit FixtureGaming.com and use the code MINMAX, you'll get $5 off your order. $5 off your order if you use the promo code MINMAX and you can play Nintendo Switch on the go with the screen in a very comfortable way. Get rid of those Joy-Cons, everybody. Uh, so again, it's available at Amazon and Fixture Gaming's uh, store site, FixtureGaming.com. And because they're very generous and they're old partners of ours, old partners of ours, you know, uh, they are giving away a Fixture S2. And the S2 is the one that's for the Nintendo Switch OLED. So you can win a free Min Max Show themed Fixture S2 by following us on Instagram. We are Min Max Show on Instagram. We'll have a post up on Friday and leave a comment on that. You're automatically in the running to win a free Fixture S2. So thank you to Fixture Gaming for supporting the show in a big way. Also, speaking of big way, uh, thank you to our dear friends at iMateBit. They want everybody to know about a straight up vinyl bonanza happening on their wonderful online store. A ton of great vinyl soundtracks are available on that store. The Artful Escape, Chicory's fantastic soundtrack, Bug Snacks' soundtrack. Even if you don't have a record player, these vinyls just look awesome sitting around your house. Put them on a shelf. You'll seem classy and cool and let people know that you like video games, but with style. So check out iMateBit's wonderful online store. If you use the promo code WETBANDITS on anything in the store under $100, you will get 10% off of your gift. So please check out iMateBit's wonderful online store and use that promo code WETBANDITS, no space, everybody, for 10% off whatever you buy. Uh, as always, the discount promo codes for Fixture Gaming and iMateBit, they're in the description for this podcast. You can check it out. But we should get to community questions, and whoever has the best community question, our friends at iMateBit, they're shipping them out a copy of the Gravity Falls vinyl soundtrack. So the soundtrack to Gravity Falls on vinyl. Like the TV show? Yeah, just shipping oh, out. Cool. I mean, if it's cool, iMateBit's probably involved with it, so... Remember when they made that Gravity Falls video game that was made in the Ubi Art engine? Same as like yeah, Rayman? Yeah, 3DS. I played it a little bit, yeah. Is it, wasn't it the only other game outside of Rayman that was made in Ubi Art? Oh, wait, no. I guess there was um, Child uh, of Light. Princess one. Yep, Child right. of Light. Child of Light, yeah. 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 Oh. I don't know why. I, th I assume she's a princess. I don't know. <laughs> Probably. It felt like that. Um, all right. Here we go, everybody. Community questions. Uh, Jason Wojnar. Hello. Thank you for being here. They say, what music do you listen to during your holiday get-togethers? Is it exclusively Christmas? Other respective holiday music, or do you switch it up? Janet, how are you doing when you're blasting music? Did you have get-togethers? Did you blast Christmas music? It was really just a get-together of the people in my apartment, which is like yeah. everyone I've talked about on the show. It's like a non-stop uh, And party. my dad, I guess. Um, so it's like five of us total, so it's pretty small. Um, usually Christmas music. We also did a couple um, like 
oh, I forgot what genre it would be, but like just some Latino music basically because we, I made a couple of Puerto Rican dishes. You know, I mentioned them half Puerto Rican. I made like coquito, which is like Puerto Rican eggnog kind of. Um, it's so good. God It's really dang. good. And I made it and it came out good. I also made a chocolate one that no one really liked half because we don't really like chocolate at that level and half because like i just didn't like how it came out but the traditional one i made was delicious um so that's what we were listening to while we like played uh a really 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 long game of phase 10 what's phase 10 i've never played phase 10 it's from the makers of uno um no it's like (laughs) but it's a uh, it's a card game very simple where you have i think 10 cards and you have different phases you have to move through like the first phase is something like um I'm making it up, but it'd be like two sets of two or something, right? Like, oh, I have putting down a two and I'm putting down like two threes, right? And then once someone ends their phase and gets rid of all their cards, you move to like the next round and each round, like you have to, the goal of the game is to like finish your phase and finish your cards. Once one person does that, the game ends and you gain points for every card you have left. So like Mm. the stressful part is, oh man, Ben finished his phase. Now he just has to get rid of his cards. Like, let me try to get rid of maybe some of the cards I have. Cause you can't put down, you can't get rid of cards until you put down your phase first, essentially. It's really fun, but it's very long. Run, don't walk. Very long. That's weird. Um, But you could, you could make it shorter by only doing certain phases. Like, oh, we're only going to do phase one through three or only the odd number phases or whatever. Maybe about no good. Uh, I uh, yeah I, for all of my get-togethers and family stuff like I'm all for blasting Christmas music like uh, I'm not walking around enough department stores to get sick of that or get burned out on it so I I freaking love it I'll, I'll listen to the same twenty Christmas songs over the course of a week like at different functions and stuff just on loop I'm I'm happy with that but also like Spotify knows how to shake it up if you just go in there and type in Christmas music they'll they'll surprise you. Uh, Kyle, your family stuff? Are you blasting Christmas music on a Christmas morning? Is it like peak sweet over there? Peak sweet? I mean, I, I I specifically will, like, when I go to Spotify, will look for, like, depending on what we're doing, like, even orchestrated ones, if that makes sense. Like, ones without lyrics necessarily. Like, yeah. the sort of classical ones. To be background, you know? Okay, not front and center, I get it. Yeah. And Jacob, the Hanukkah song is still a banger, or how are you feeling? Oh, yeah, that's it's just the Adam Sandler on repeat. <laughs> Um, honestly, can I be honest? Yeah. All I want is Vince Guaraldi. I just want that Charlie Brown uh, yeah. Christmas playlist on repeat. It's like every every other song. I'm like, I kind of wish we were just listening to more Charlie Brown. Mm-hmm. Right. It's really good. It's really good. Eric Zhang writes in and says, hey, y'all. Uh, hope you all have a happy new year. Thank you. Uh, 2023 on paper is looking like one of the best years in gaming history. Look at that. Games like Fire Emblem Engage, Hogwarts Legacy, Tears of the Kingdom, Final Fantasy 16, Spider-Man 2 are all set <laughs> to come out. Not the first two I would have named. Well, you know what? Are all set to come out in the next 12 months. Looking at the calendar, though, which game do you think is the highest probability of being pushed into 2024 out of any of the big 2023 games? Here's a tough uh, one. It's a tough one. Is Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, they just said winter. So I'm assuming yeah. that's already 2024. They a date, didn't no, they? they said they said next winter. Oh no, yeah, so yeah. I'm assuming that's not 2023 anyway. But I, I was thinking the other happening. Final Fantasy that has a date. Yeah, 16 is coming out in June. Yeah, um, I, I have low Starfield expectations. I don't. But you think it's being pushed? Yeah, I think so. The next year? Yeah, why not? They said it was coming the first half of 2023 i don't know I, I don't Halo think said so. they were gonna have co-op like people say a lot of things <laughs> yeah I, i'd be surprised by that is there any universe kyle would you agree on the very podcast to eat your hat and your own butt if tears of the kingdom gets delayed to 2024 uh well let, let, 
I uh, yes, but like okay, we, you heard we it. Pick something that like I can actually like eat. I don't have a hat. I don't think I can. Oh yeah, that, eat okay. my butt. I like how not able to eat your hat is not because you don't think you could eat your hat. It's just because you don't have a hat. You have to. All I ask, Kyle, is if Tears of the Kingdom gets delayed to twenty twenty four, you will agree to at least try to eat your own butt on a podcast. <laughs> All right. It's sure. Very different. I will try different. to eat my own butt if Tears of the Kingdom gets delayed. Okay. Saying, right? Yes. Correct. Because I think Tears of the Kingdom is pretty locked in. I think <laughs> okay. it's coming out this year. I think so. Uh, too. This is a, a digression. But did you see that thing where the there was a film critic who said in like 2010 when the butt? Jacob, what kind of stuff? Yeah, are that's you right. They're, they're film critics, so it's okay. Um, oh, okay. No, <laughs> it was hard. like when when Top Gun Maverick was first announced, they said. If Top Gun Maverick ever comes out, I will eat a shoe. And they said it like 10 years ago, <laughs> but people like remembered it and they did. And so it's this whole incredible video of him being like, well, if I ate an actual shoe, I would die. But I am going to like make one. And so he like made fruit leather and then like stitched it together and then that ate it. I love it. But the thing that's in my head from it is he has a cover of Danger Zone where the lyrics are just him singing now it's time to eat a shoe <laughs> <laughs> I think Dan that's like Jeff Grubb shaving his head over Metroid right yeah <laughs> that whole song <laughs> did you see this thing yes yeah, so Jeff Grubb posted a picture from Giant Bomb of him shaved and like it's funny there's <laughs> the Giant Bomb subreddit like a comment that was very high up there was just like oh no Jeff Grubb is hot. Like I like that you've ever had this realization. Like, wait, now he's hot. I did not expect this. It's it's a very flattering. It's like Nintendo and, knew what they were doing. They're like, let's not release Metroid. Yeah, let's make we Jeff Grubb give, hot. We want to get Jeff Grubb some new fans. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say Hollow Knight Silk Song just because I don't want to get hurt again. I'll, yeah, I'm just okay. going to expect that it comes out in 2024. So then, if it happens earlier, I'm pleased. Right, right. I think that's fair. I they say Spider-Man Two is coming in the fall of anything uh i think something that's like announced for like the tail end of 2023 i could see spider-man 2 bumping i mean that's that's a biggie I mean, that's a tough one to crowd insomniac's track record is pretty yeah. dang good though yeah they make yeah. games unbelievably fast that is yeah. true. alarmingly fast yeah. that's a story uh, day. armored core also is just kind of nebulously this year right uh, right and it's i mean it's like you know from also makes games fast but like elden ring got pushed a bunch yeah, and that's the weird one. Yeah, it was like co-developed by Bandit Amco, um, but still, I could I could see that bumping. I downloaded the original Armored Core on my PlayStation. Oh, you can buy it as a PS One classic. Really? Never touched it. Sure, it sure it holds up really well, and I'm oh, sure I love it. I love that game so much. Can can we play it, Kyle? Can we play it together, please? Yeah, maybe. I was thinking of doing it for uh, replay for Game Informer. We already did that for replay at Game Informer. Nor doing it again. Lame. You can't repeat a replay game at Game Informer. That sucks. They're re replaying it. I think you might have been on that one too. It wasn't that long really? ago. I, I don't yeah, check the tape. Me to, to have been there. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jared Meyer writes in and says, "Hey crew, I'll keep it simple. What's one change in the games industry, either on the development or media side, that you'd like to see? Interpret this how you will. So any type of change you want to see. I want more time or standardized time for." reviewing games which is never going to happen but i would like even if that meant which okay, was why it's never going to happen even if that meant like they had to wait to put the game out <laughs> like because i understand they don't want to give you like a too broken build and that's often one of the things that are cited for why there isn't more of a gracious turnaround time but there's no standardization you never know what's going to happen you're you spend a lot of time just waiting in fear for like, am I getting code? Am I not getting code? Surely I would have gotten it by now. Oh no, no it's here today. Time to drop everything I was going to do in the hopes of 
turning it around and it ends up being really challenging in what feels unnecessary. Yeah, it's uh, lay back. Uh, just everyone can relax. I mean, I guess if you're trying to scramble to get through a review, Janet, for a thousand different yeah. outlets and stuff, that's where it gets stressful. But it's like, eh, they get this that code late. I guess we'll just talk about it less on the podcast. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna kill yeah, myself but, marathoning this thing. You know, there's other coverage that's done besides that. Like, yeah. obviously, that has a space for it. But also, the point is to to put it up. Like, it, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's, it's a mess. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. you, unions as thorough as the film industry uh, for nice. the yeah. video game industry. Yeah, the the film industry minus VFX. Which is yes, yeah. Why? I mean, the film industry is not perfect to, to be uh-huh. clear. Like, it's not, but it's it's more. It's a, at least a like a, a a goal to like look toward. You know, I yeah. think. Um, Speaking, I of- I agree with that, but I say 2023, the year we kill number scores in reviews. No, boo! That's, that's my boo. big swing. We I like, like numbers. numbers. I like We're well. a pro number outlet, even though we don't do them. <laughs> I, I do. I, we, we've, this is like an argument that we've certainly had before. But I genuinely, as a consumer, I like numbers. I, do too. I like to know the general feedback on a game without having to read anything about it. If something just, is like amazing, I'd, I'd like to go in as blind as possible. Like I, you know, that's I, I. I like them. I guess that's the one that that's an argument that works for me. Is you know that it is good without, and I. I kind of. I don't know. Maybe you could just do like a recommend or not. But it's just like I just kind of can't think of a way that it wouldn't make the gaming population as a whole more thoughtful and less reactionary. You I know, mean, sort of the arguments that revolve around scores are are frustrating. Like, yeah. So I guess it's, it's people stop caring about scores, which to We're- me feels the same. But it's like I don't want Metacritic to be a thing. I don't want, you know, Rotten Tomatoes to be a thing. I don't want people to be like objectively stray was rated higher than this. And I would love if that that all just went away. Dude, where do you see that? Where are you exposed to that many people like arguing about numbers? Like, if you write a review, uh, you give... oh, one the min-max comment section. Come on, I don't know the, the bonuses no, that studios receive. You know, sure. like it's like it, 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 now. Are we sure that's still a thing? Because that was, I feel like that was a talking point like a decade ago, and I, I don't know that it's. But I could be I wrong. Like, I, I totally do, say I that. Like I, but I, I feel like that's a thing of the past, and and I would love to know if it is or isn't because that that does seem absurd to me. Um, that bonuses would be connected to that. There are, there are. Uh, I mean, it's still pretty common in consulting to give like a, a estimated Metacritic number score, like yeah. a Metacritic score. Which yeah. you know, maybe, maybe that would be a reason that the industry doesn't want them to go away. Because then, you know, I don't know what you could give, but it's like, I, I just think they're bad for the discourse. I, I just think it makes conversations about games worse. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm genuinely wasn't trying to to troll anybody here like i genuinely i don't see debate about scores like maybe it's because i've never written a you review just, like, your eyes closed what do you, what do you mean like when god of war comes out and it gets up? like 510 and then like one reviewer gives it an eight and then that reviewer like has to close their twitter down for months i guess like, that happens have... like three times a year i know the people that just re- the... they write the reviews they're getting soaked and hate and all this stuff but i'm just saying from my perspective i don't i don't really see number debates or even just the conversation around like you know whether or not people feel your score matches your review and feeling like, well, you, how can you say this thing, but then you gave it this thing. And right. like, yeah, there's like so much of that. Um, I, I do, I'm still pro score, but I get what you're getting at Jacob. And it obviously having something that is inherently subjective, be as subjective as possible in its evaluation kind of just 
remove some of that drama because you're inherently taking an objective scale to a subjective product. So like it's never going to be perfect. But I do like that. Like as a writer, I like being for like I have my own like scale and my own review score, which I can just do whatever I want. because It's my outlet. It's my website. But I'm like, I like being forced to put it into a bucket at the end of the day. And I feel like that's what I enjoy from the writing perspective. It is inherently, though. Um, what's the word? Like limiting, basically. Um, you're parsing it down to a number when it's so much more than that. But I like being forced to say what um, you know level does this game hit? Yeah. The let's see. I, I'm trying to get a tough read, uh, the correct read on this. And if I'm just putting too much stock into like, you know, Pokemon and how Game Freak has done zero interviews around Legends, Arceus, and Violet. But I think for 2023, I would love to see developers open up a bit more for publishers to stop yeah. tightening down on access to developers. And, you know, I was watching, I think it was like Daniel Dwyer, he had an update on Noclip talking about just how they're changing their outlet and stuff like that uh, in a couple different ways. Um, but he was talking about like, yeah, you know, developers are getting more and more access to the outside world and publishers are letting them speak more and more. And it's like, I certainly have the feeling and maybe it's just moving to a smaller outlet like MinMax that publishers are tightening down more and more for interviews with developers. And there's fewer interviews out there, but that'd be my, that'd be my hope is that uh, let developers talk about what they're passionate about and people in the press don't bug them or ask them dumb questions and then everybody wins. Um, a computer writes in, Hmm. They say, hello, Ben Hansen. Um, Ever since the release of current-gen consoles, uh, you seem to show an attitude of disbelief when games are announced to be supported on last-gen, the PS4 and Xbox One. In 2022, I was able to play the top two games of Midmax's 210s, Elden Ring and God of War Ragnarok, on my last-gen hardware, and I'm so thankful I was able to. During the Game Awards, I was very excited to learn that Armored Core 6 is going to work on hardware I own, but the next day I hear Ben say, and it's coming out on last-gen as well, which is, eh, especially in 2023, it's going to be running on the Xbox One. We'll see how that goes, sure, is apparently what I said. Uh, well, Ben, <laughs> that sounds like you. <laughs> yeah, it's now 2023, and I think it should be celebrated that myself and many others will be able to play what could very well be the game of this year as well. As a supporter and fan, I'd love to hear the explanation of my doubt. Of your doubt is how they put it. Um, yeah, we had other people. I think like Kath in the community during Party Chat was talking about this as well. Of just like, oh, if you do a deepest dive, make sure it's on available on last gen. It's like you, you forget how many people are still on last gen out there. So should we stop being bummed out if stuff is last gen as well? I mean, um, I, I see their point for sure, right? Yeah. Like it is nice that those games work well and still look well in the last gen. But I think our sort of complaint is that it's like it's not taking the full advantage of the most modern hardware. Like that's right. how you get innovation and tr something truly new. And it feels like if they're sort of held back a little by the previous generation, like that that the game is theoretically being held back as well. But it, we are at a point where the the generation divide is so close now that maybe we're giving the current generation too much credit. Yeah, you know? I. I feel like the, you know, may, maybe the, the most concise way you can say about it is like, if it is cross-generation, the only thing that can get better is the graphics. You know, that it's like you can, you can, you can really, you know, Horizon on PS5 looks a lot better than Horizon on PS4, but like, you can't have them be, if they're the same game, then there can be no gameplay systems in Horizon five you know on ps5 that wouldn't right. work on ps4 you can't do 
you know, you can't experiment, you can't do whatever. And, and actually, I feel like an interesting instance of this was in Shadow of Mordor on PS4 right. versus PS3. Yep. They actually had a completely different nemesis system. You know, like it, it didn't work the same on the older gen consoles, which is an interesting way of making something cross console, but it's like, that was the cool thing about that game. It wasn't that it looked good. It was that it had like an AI system that, that couldn't exist otherwise. Yeah. And so like, as someone who is not that invested in things looking, you know, photo realistic, it's like, well, what, what I want to improve are not the graphics. Yeah. Yeah. It's holding gameplay back or some newer design sensibilities in some way, AI, stuff like that. But yeah, I, I hear you out there. Uh, Brian Tyler writes in and says, Hey everyone, is there any way that the phrase hasta la vista becomes a thing in 2023? Because I can't stop saying it um, whenever I can and I'm starting to get worried. That's from Pokemon Violet and Scarlet. The team oh, star, okay. they say hasta la vista. <laughs> what is that from? Um, I'm going to guess based on the fact that no one knew what that was, that it's not going <gasps> to be anything. I did. But it's my favorite. I am happy for that person and hopefully mm -hmm. they have people in their life that will know what they're talking about and hopefully those people in your life don't say also love you star to your friendship uh, Dan uh, I took oh. from Xenoblade uh, quit chatting start scrapping I think is that, is that quit chatting start so, scrapping uh, we, yeah, sorry, what are situations you just turning are you into NPCs in? <laughs> just slowly over time what's going on uh, Kellogg's writes in and says hey what's an ending for a game slash movie that has stuck with you for one reason or another I always come back to the ending of the 1980 film the Long Good Friday. That's as obscure as Hasta La Vista. Uh, ending from a game or movie that stuck with you in a weird way. What, what stands out for folks? Uh, I have a very vivid memory of seeing the prestige in theaters. Ooh, yeah. And just feeling just uncomfortable, kind of in the best <laughs> way at the end of that movie of just like, I think I understand what happened and I think it's bad and I think I don't like it. And then a Radiohead song kicked in and I was like, this is now imprinted on my brain forever. Thank you, Christopher Nolan. I really appreciate you do good work. Which Radiohead song? Uh, I don't remember. I can look it up. Exit music. Might have been Tom York, actually. Might have been a Tom York song. As mm. opposed to Radiohead. Mm. Um, where's your hype level for Oppenheimer, Kyle? Uh, pretty high. Like pretty, um, pretty up, up. Yeah, I don't know. Not as high as Barbie. Okay. I think, yeah, Barbie, maybe most anticipated Oppenheimer, second most anticipated film of 2023, I think, for me. Unless I'm forgetting something mm -hmm. major. Mission Impossible I'm... 7 Ooh, Part 1. Dead Reckoning. Did you watch that, like, eight-minute video about Tom Cruise going off that jump? No, I actually, I, I made the choice not to because oh. I'm like, I'm just watching that movie. I'll watch this afterwards. I don't want to spoil it, but in that video, they reveal that Tom Cruise died doing it oh, so bummer. you can look forward to that in the film <laughs> i have an ending that'll stick with you yeah speaking of reckoning i bet it's in his contract like if i die doing a stunt use that footage <laughs> like i bet he's that much of a maniac <laughs> just rewrite the movie <laughs> ethan no uh anybody else got an ending that they can't get out of their head uh, by um, the way janet it's uh analyze from tom ooh. york's the eraser oh. it's basically Radiohead. okay yeah. um maybe uh the ending of inside just because I can picture it very... Ooh, that's good. Like, that's a good one yeah. for sure. Just that single, like the single frame of it too. Um, yeah. Without giving away more information. Um, the last, the last like 15 minutes of uh, Davey Reedon's The Beginner's Guide mm. is uh, the most I have ever felt like bodied by something, you know, where, where <laughs> and, you know, by, by a game or whatever. But just 
just that was like that kind of like in a good way kind of ruined my day where I was just mm. like I just like couldn't do anything after that. I was I was like, you know, I had to go to work and I was like, well, I'm still thinking about that ending. I, I don't know if this is the best example, but the one that immediately jumped to mind was Eyes Wide Shut, which I saw <laughs> like in high school and watching that movie like with my fresh high school girlfriend at the time, right? Like was just a weird experience. And I just remember it ending and being like, why did this, why did they choose to end with that? What we, where it just ends after all that they go through. If I remember correctly, I haven't seen it since this time, but they just look at each other and they say like, we need to have sex. <laughs> Right? Is that kind of what they say? Is that okay? Is it paraphrasing? <laughs> what did, what did I think they, they say? They use the F word. I think oh, I see. But I just remember, and then it was like cut to credits. I was like, what? An ending? What? Why? <laughs> it just blew my mind. It's like it just stuck with me. I'm still trying to process it. I should probably get through it by like watching that movie again to understand what type of sexual tension uh, is actually there instead of just in tenth grade watching it not understanding anything. Uh, anybody else got an ending that's less sexual, please? Uh, I, I think about uh, in a kind of understated way. I think about the ending of the movie Her, uh, mm, pretty yes. frequently, which is that. just yes. just like the two human characters like sitting on top of a building, looking at. First, I really like the like near future version of San Francisco in that movie. I yes. just think it's like a really cool vision of the, the future. The plain statue like, is like that's a reasonable statue that could exist in the future, and it's awesome. Uh huh. Um, yeah, but it's just it's 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 like it's pretty quiet, you know, but it's just like a very pretty image. And after after everything that happens in that movie, it's kind of like a hmm, just sit and think about it. Yeah. Does does Spike Jones have anything like lined up? What's he working on? Jackass five. Uh, Jackass five. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He was a producer. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing directed Beastie Boys story in 2020, but nothing. Nothing oh, else. That is weird. Love Spike Jones. He needs to do some more stuff. Do stuff. Uh, Bob Buell writes in and says, Howdy, gang. Better Quest goal update since the first podcast of the new year. At the beginning of 2022, me and my lovely, amazing girlfriend shared the goal of trying a new style of food every month to expand our horizons. Well, 12 months later, and the goal is complete. Between Ukrainian borscht, Korean grilled beef, intestine, French frog legs, Lebanese I'm chicken liver. Fries. I thought French I wanted to fries. say it. French fries legs. French toast. <laughs> legs. <laughs> Bangladeshi fried pomfret fish. And so, so, so much more. It was truly amazing. I'll share the photos and in individual restaurants in the Better Quest channel in the Discord. Which leads me to the goal for Better Quest for 2023 to make sure the creative itch is scratched. Me and her are making art for each month. Wait, no. Wait, making art for each other every other month. Hang on. I blew that. That's not correct. <laughs> Reading is a is fundamental. Me and her are making art for each other one every month. <laughs> Drawing, painting, ah. sculpting, charcoal, anything, just to keep that artistic muscle flexed. And one more plug for the Discord. I'll post mine in the Community Visual Arts channel along with other amazing community members' art. Thanks, happy Better Quest, and a merry Shagohad to all. Thank you. That's a party chat reference. A merry Shagohad to you as well, Bambule. <laughs> Uh, that that's great. Thing? Yeah, we, we went over it in Party Chat. I don't want to rehash everything. It's like Asta La Vista all over again. Well, <laughs> Maybe it so, is going to catch on. I don't know. Kyle, I'll take it back. So David Hader and Cam Clark, Liquid Snake and Solid Snake, they recorded a parody of the Grinch song, but it's with Metal Gear lyrics. It is 
<laughs> nigh unlistenable, but we listen to it and it ends with them saying Mary Shanglehod, which is about the lever, level of creativity throughout that entire song. Um, right. But congratulations, Bob. That sounds beautiful. I want to I want to know, like, come November, what are you going to define as art? You know, will it get to that point of just like, I don't know, I squirted ketchup on your grilled cheese in an interesting pattern. There's your art. Like, I, I hope you don't phone hey, it in, Bob. So They made it through their goal last year. So Yeah, you know. there it is. Uh, Robert Key writes in and says, Better Quest Goal. A few weeks ago, I completed my goal to run a Christmas-themed 5K race the entire time. My last race before this was a half marathon eight years ago. Next, I want to do a 10K, and after that, make my way up to a half marathon before the year is over. It'll be more challenging considering I'll be 31 years old this year, and my hypothyroidism wasn't as prevalent eight years ago, but after doing the 5K, I know I can do this. We believe in you, Robert Key! Run, run, run! Uh, listen, play high on life while running. Um, Logan Krause <laughs> writes in and they say, Happy New Year's, Minmax. I have a few resolutions, but I'm realistic. I predict out of the five, I'll have abandoned at least four of them in a few weeks. But what are the ones that you won't fold on for this year? By the way, Kotor 2 is the most underrated Star Wars game. Hey, save it. You're the champion of it. So congratulations. Does anybody have any New Year's resolutions that they're absolutely not going to cave on? That's the killer part. Mine are, I, I do, but it's kind of boring where it's like, I, I want to like hire more work help in 2023. Mm. I want to yeah. like stop doing everything myself. And it's like, yeah, I think I will do that. Uh, you know, it's not it doesn't it, it's less work for me. So I assume that once I do it <laughs> for a while, I'll be like, yeah, why wasn't I doing this before? Do you think you're going to post on Craigslist just like looking for a Jacob Geller sound alike for your future YouTube essays? <laughs> no, I'm going to use oh. AI, Ben. Smart, <laughs> smart. Looking for someone who can... What are those two games you said earlier were the best of 2021? <laughs> Outer oh, Wilds and Disco Elysium. Looking for Outer Wilds and Disco Elysium super fans. Yeah. yeah. There, there um, are more. There are dozens of us. Probably uh, running six races because six. I am at the last year of my 30 for 30 goal where I run 30 races in my 20s. Mm, wow. uh, I turned 29 on January 10th, and uh, I already have... I'm set up for two races, so I have to find a couple more. Nice. And then I'm going to finish it. I'm get my 30 medals that I'm going to wear on my 30th birthday. Tony Charm, <laughs> 10 on my neck for That's one living, photo. And oh, you'll yeah. barely be able Janet, to stand our, up. our birthdays are two days apart. I'm February oh, 8th, cool. but you are nice. a year older than me. Well, you didn't even okay. need to tell us that. We can tell based on your astrological signs. You both feel like Capricorns. Aquarius. Aquarius. <laughs> um, I, I don't I don't think I'll stick with it. It'd be cool if I did, but I I was proud of coming up with a little New Year's resolution for myself of uh, this this Twitter thing. Frying my freaking brain, this Twitter thing. I really don't like myself when I check Twitter too much. Um, but I thought of like, what is the right level? I've put timers on there. I still feel gross from that. So here's here's what I'm sticking with or planning on sticking with, is I will only check my personal Twitter account if I'm going there on a mission of tweeting. And I don't tweet that often, right? So, like, I can't just scroll mindlessly. It needs to be an what active... You tweet more. <laughs> I guess. If I really wanted to check it, I could come up with some stupid joke to tweet out. Um, but, Janet, I know and there's no judgment with this, but for somebody that tweets a lot like you, this probably doesn't seem like a big deal. But if I'm tweeting, like, every other day, every three days or something which is probably sure. where i'm at now it's like that feels like a good a good pace for checking twitter and it gets away from doom scrolling you know anybody else got a hot one uh, it's not really a resolution but um 
I don't remember when we started, but my my wife and I have we have radically changed our diets. Uh, sort sort of starting this year, like human. Yes, we're just consuming human. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, no, but it's like, you know, no white bread, all wheat breads, uh, pr- pretty much butter and cheese are like out the window, like a little bit of cheese, but like no, like butter, okay. creams, uh, milks and stuff like that. Like just like cor- cholesterol healthy foods. And like, um, we're, I- I'm confident about it because we're pretty good at like, we plan our meals every week and we're just making sure we plan yeah. the right meals and like calorie counting, like consuming less calories and stuff like that. Like I, I actually feel pretty confident that we're going to stick with it we've been doing it for like a week and a half now and it's ha- it's been fine Which, you know what i mean we haven't yeah. felt like we're missing out on food or anything so you're not craving cream no not good. yet good, i'm sure good, that'll good. come at some point that's yeah. right so wake up at three in the morning and just start downing a bottle of cream <laughs> <laughs> uh michael barry writes in and says have you seen who framed roger rabbit yes we have yeah janet okay thank god i was on the edge of my seat i didn't know if you'd have seen it if you have can why? you why because you're like, oh, those dusty 80s movies, fart, fart, fart. <laughs> typically how you talk about. Uh, I watched it as a kid. Rangers. Oh, good. Okay, there we go. So Michael Berry says, if you have, can you answer me why the police in Who Framed Roger Rabbit did absolutely nothing when Judge Doom killed the cartoon shoe in the Acme Warehouse? A judge kills an innocent, sentient cartoon shoe in front of a bunch of cops, and there were no consequences. Um, I understand because this is a little bit bad nitpicky. news for you for real life, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, police are not legally obligated to protect you as determined by a Supreme Court case. So that's the yeah. reason. Uh, well, I think they're also they're afraid they can just start killing world, people. <laughs> they're no good. But, but the other the other true thing, though, in the in the sort of the sort of context of that world, uh, cartoon characters dying is not like a thing. Like they don't know right, what to do with that. That's like right. a new concept to them, you know. That so is the first time they've seen. And it. It's so impossible th- to say if it's good or bad. <laughs> yeah, there's just no way of knowing <laughs> oh, here. God. There's no rule the on the did books. It and he knows. So that's he's interesting. The, he's the, you know, he makes a decision because they're clearly you know working through some racism allegories and stuff with the tunes and Who Framed Roger Rabbit and all this stuff with the highway storyline and all that. But I hadn't thought of that. That yeah, legally, they were perplexed about a screaming shoe. Who can say? Uh, but yes, traumatic scene, no doubt about it. Uh, I also watch uh, Chippendale on Disney. I feel like that was like an underrated, fantastic movie of last yeah, year. That was that, good. Like, not a lot of people watch. If you like Roger, all I, Rabbit, all I know is the Tim Robinson ugly Sonic thing, which I did oh, see the right, clip of and did right. yeah, I think was very funny. It's hilarious. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's good. Uh, Joshua writes in and says, "Hey everyone, my question is, where's Solar Ash? Xbox said it was coming to Game Pass in 2022." I don't know. Uh, they got caught up working on the Hyperlight sequel, I guess. I That's right. Know. But then Joshua also says, also, late submission to the greatest work of art that we forgot about, the James Webb pictures. That would have been a good contender for greatest work of art oh, last year. Oh, that's smart. That is smart. That's that is smart. Good. Uh, Dennis M. says, hello, MinMax people. That's us. How long to beat? Recently released a top 10 list of the most retired games of 2022. (laughs) A game counts as retired when a user who tracks their games on the site moves a game from the playing tab to the on hold or retired or backlog tab. The list is sorted by rate. So these are games that people were committed to playing, but then actively they chose that finish. they weren't the, going to yeah, play. Yeah, the hardest dropped games of 2022. Yeah, self-reported. Interesting. Yeah. Like uh, okay, and they, they included little uh, hints uh, Dennis here did uh, to try Can and... Can I just throw one out? Uh, yeah. Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Great Horizon. guess. Hang on. Xenoblade is not on this ri- list. Uh, Horizon... Oh, do you want us to guess? Also not on this list. Yeah, sure. Throw them out there. Uh, Sifu. 
Not on this list. <gasps> wow. Okay. Um, let's see. There's one game on the list that's incorrect that it was dropped by 7.3% of people according to how long to beat. Um, and the clue that Dennis wrote is it's Hansen's secret game of the year. Oh, uh, Nobody Saves the World? Nobody Saves the World, correct. <laughs> Not um, very secret. <laughs> yeah, number three <laughs> yeah. on this list um, <clears throat> was, as we all recall, it's the game that we all agree is probably good, but oh, uh, didn't Tower play. Gwim? No, no, no. Nope, the other one. If you recall, Janet. But you, no, oh, you champion uh, it. If you vampire, don't recall it. There we go. V uh, Rising. V Rising. Yeah. I would have never come up survivor. with the title of that game. I have to be honest. <laughs> I would have just been stuck on vampire. That's tough. Uh, let's see. Okay, so I'll just I'll just read them down. So uh, number ten for the most dropped games according to how long to beat Mario Strikers Battle League, boy and how, uh, then Saints Row, Sniper Elite Five, Nobody Saves mm. the World, Scorn, Metal Hellsinger, Midnight Fight uh, Express, V Rising, Weird West. That's a bummer. Mm. Um, and then Two Point Campus, apparently for the most dropped game, most retired game of 2022, according to that. But. Metal Hellsinger is weird just because that game is like four hours long. Right. It's like, right. why would it's you it was, put it on your list and then take it yeah. off? Because they played it and realized it was too hard because I kind of liked it that <laughs> a little bit. Because everybody I, is I'm so bad at that game. I have no rhythm. I'm bad at rhythm and shooting. So I was like, I don't know why. And I don't like metal. I don't know why I turned it off. <laughs> <to be honest. laughs> but I'm going to give it a shot. Honest shot. Uh, all right, what do y'all like? What do y'all like for a question of the week? Um, I, I like the um, improvements on the industry one because I like yeah. talking scores. I liked having a debate about scores, even if we're all on. Well, most of us are on one side, and Jacob is on the other. I, I like, I, but I, I like I discussing like the question. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Is everybody else like that? Everybody else like that? Then yeah. Yeah. All right. There we go. Jared Meyer, congratulations. You won the vinyl soundtrack to Gravity Falls thanks to I'm 8-Bit. Thank you, everybody who submits a question over there on Patreon each and every week. You can win. You can win a prize from I'm 8-Bit every week by submitting a good question, please. Uh, now it's time for something that we'd like to call Get a Load of This. Oh, we've had so much time. We've had weeks to come up with these, so these are going to be nonstop bangers. Uh, I'll go first. Hey, get a load of this, everybody. I am flummoxed by this. Uh, Nintendo took all of the old Nintendo Minute videos and made them all private. Like the yeah, old videos that. from Kit and really? Krista, they made them all private. So the entire history, all of those interviews, all those like Miyamoto and Anuma interviews, uh, there's so much fun, silly stuff in there. But also like, it wasn't it wasn't a very in-depth video, but it's also like Kit and Krista like touring uh Nintendo's Kyoto headquarters. It's basically just like the lobby and the cafeteria. But even that was cool to see for a company that's so secretive. All gone. They just turned them all off. And I listened like I listen every week, but I was so intrigued to listen to their podcast, the Kit and Krista podcast, to hear them talk about that. Um and they were surprisingly chill about it. Like maybe they got a heads up or something. But I would be furious if I were them for just having all of that history just deleted for no reason. It blew my mind. Well, well yeah. I mean, it's impossible to think, like, to consider what Nintendo, why they would do it. But right. do they just want to separate themselves from Kit and Krista at this point because they've become their own brand, I guess. Maybe it's that, but that seems so vindictive. It's like, you're not. I imagine that's thing. why. It seems so that's Nintendo I I doing saw. something random and vindictive. <laughs> but it's yeah. Nintendo doing something that's within their rights but makes them look like a jerk. That's not the company I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I was stunned by that. But yeah, go listen to the Kit and Krista podcast, everybody. It's good stuff. Uh Kyle, you got one? 
Yeah, um, I was watching this the other day. Um, did you know gaming? They have a recent video called Every Copy of Majora's Mask is Personalized. Yeah. Which I was like, that's a great... I got to click that. That's I got perfect headline. And apparently what it is, is whatever name you input uh, into Majora's Mask at the start of the game, like I put Link, I think most people do, that dictates the stars in the sky. What? And so depending on what name you put in, different stars will appear in the sky. And apparently... This thing was only discovered in 2021. Oh, my God. Yeah, I yeah. remember when because it was someone on Twitter who was like, just noticed this. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. So I, I love that. Yeah, it made me it made me want to go replay Majora's Mask <laughs> yeah. and put in a crazy name. Yeah, put in a bunch of random letters. I, I mean, Stars. it's so subtle, like you wouldn't notice. I think right. in the Digino gaming, they even tested. They did a link and a Zelda save file. And it's so subtle. I, I you kind of understand why no one noticed, but it's just it's just a nice little touch that's so very cool and interesting, you know. Yeah. And now Neil deGrasse Tyson looks like a jackass for tweeting about how the stars are incorrect. It's just because he entered Neil. <laughs> See, classic this mistake. Moon has a face on it. What is happening? <laughs> Giants can't hold up a moon. We, <laughs> uh, Jacob. We need at least seven. There's only four. <laughs> Do you got one, Jacob? Uh, I do. Uh, it's 2023. I'm back with another uh, hour plus long uh, YouTube video. Uh, this is a video called History of Handedness in Video Games by a channel that I've liked for a while called Face Full of Eyes. And it is exactly what it sounds like, which is going through more video games than you could possibly imagine and just talking about how they depict handedness and huh. and the the general like you know a, a good summation of this is like picture you're playing a cover shooter and you lean out from the right side and your character holds the gun right-handed if they lean out from the left side are they just going to mirror the animation so the character appears left-handed or are they right. going to make a different animation so they're doing it right-handed if they're reloading a gun that's meant to be reloaded right-handed are they just going to do it with their left or are they going to do it separately with their right but it's like it is a hypnotizing video because it is hundreds and hundreds of reload animations <laughs> and just yes. this guy talking through how games do it differently and kind of what it means and it is like interesting examples pop up in the most unexpected places uh, of like games doing left-handedness well. That's cool. There's a link below. Do they cover the Twilight Princess controversy? They do. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'm gonna go check this out. Janet, you got one? Yeah, uh, Gillo, this, you can sign up already for your interest in the FIFA World Cup 2026. The World just Cup, Cup just ended. If you want to get tickets to the Canada, Mexico, USA 2026 World Cup, put your info into the great big FIFA machine of corruption uh. <laughs> and wait. <laughs> but yeah, it's basically just to say that like you're interested in the tickets so that they email you when they're first available. You still have a few years to get. Why did you list all of North America there? Do they not know where it's going to be yet? Oh, it's in all of North America. It's in Congo Calf, which is uh, Mexico, U.S., and Canada. So it's across that whole area. I, I don't understand. What do you, the the oh, wait? Okay, so what? the World Cup tournament, like not just the ending, like match. Oh, so it's going to be jumping around places in North America. Yeah, so it's huh. it's different places. So like we they were, we already have like a lot of the cities so it's not confirmed. Like, the like there's going to be okay. L.A., S.F. Um, 
Mexico City question mark uh, maybe like Toronto or something some of them I kind of forget because I okay. don't have the list memorized but it's like that which is actually going to be a challenge for other people coming to um, North America to watch this because other times it's in a much smaller region like America's really big and a lot of people who maybe have never been to the US and didn't research it might not always know that like from the World Cup was also here in 1994. And like there are stories of people being like, yeah, I work at a hotel and they're like, oh, we're just going to drive for the day from Texas to like New York for the day. And oh, they're like, no. yeah, you can't you can't do that. Like <laughs> you, you can't you cannot mathematically do that. So that'll be a, a challenge for visitors. But Look yeah, it's across a bunch of different ones. I imagine I'll be talking about the World Cup for the next couple of years. So more on that later. <laughs> Sounds great. Uh, hey, from the MinMax uh, community Discord, there's a whole get a load of this channel that's just filled with interesting little factoids. Kyle S. pointed this out, um, shared this link a while back. It was like right when we were doing the 210s, I think like right after that maybe, but I thought it was really fascinating. I don't know if y'all saw this, but John Carmack from id, um, he left Meta, left Facebook. Um, and he had an internal email that was eventually leaked, so then he just ended up posting it on Twitter, and it's really fascinating just having this tech legend from the game game industry just share his thoughts, and the the overall consensus is like, I'm leaving VR, I'm leaving Meta, and the main reason is just like, this company sucks. (laughs) Uh, The main thing is like, he talks about just how he's burned out on how inefficient the company is. He's like, Meta is like a GPU that's using 5%. Um, it is just so bogged down in bureaucracy that a company this big cannot get anything done and it's driving mm-hmm. me insane. Um, so it's really fascinating just to have an inside take on what it's like to try and pioneer anything in meta and how just a company that big, I say naturally, maybe there's some that can do it better than Facebook, but just naturally is bogged down in nonsense. Um, all right. I wonder, I wonder if he's just going to retire or like if, if he's going to go know. somewhere and do something, I don't know. I I'd hope, be I, very curious to see. I hope he just putzes, releases little tech experiments, builds a little freaky engine on the side, makes write a play a date game. Yeah. Ooh, write a book, something like that. Um, all right. That's it for this episode of the Binmax Show. Thank you to everybody for watching or listening to this very episode. Uh, we have our deepest thanks to give to you for helping us hit our goal on Patreon. We hit 3,200 supporters, which is incredible. Uh, and we are now going to stream a cozy holiday feast from the MinMax studio. Um, schedules are a little bit weird. I'm going to be out of town. And then Leo's out of town. Then our chef is going to be out of town, <laughs> uh, who's Grant from Mincenacks. So fancy. Um, well, he's, he's just a friend. He's, I mean, he's not that fancy. He won't listen to this, Janet, so he won't. He can't be insulted. Is he going to dress up as a chef for this? Yeah, the Swedish chef. We're insisting on it. Specifically, Anyways, the uh, one from the Muppets. So the plan is, yeah, uh, second half of January is where we're going to stream the cozy holiday face, feast. But thanks again to everybody who jumped in and got us over that final threshold. Thanks, everybody, for sharing those kind words about the best of that we made that's on our YouTube channel. It's over an hour of the best moments from 2022, and there were a lot of them, all thanks to your support over there on Patreon. And um, also in the Discord, there's a person named Biscuits who broke things down in a very interesting way where they they crunched the numbers. Turns out in 2022, MinMax released 408 hours of free YouTube content. 408 Jeez. hours. Wow. And now I'm... You could play Xenoblade Chronicles 3 <laughs> no. four times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if you enjoyed any of that content in 2022... You can jump in at the $2 tier. If you jump in at the $2 tier just for one month, you would be giving us 0.49 cents 
per hour of entertainment that we released for free last year on YouTube. So if you think of it that way, hell of a deal. You jump in at the $2 tier just for one month. We'd appreciate it uh, as a thank you for 408 hours of free content on YouTube last year. 0.49 cents per hour. That's a steal. Thank you, everybody, and thank you to everybody at our Game Champions tier, the $50 tier. They can choose anything they want, any game whatsoever. They'll be declared the champion of it, and that's why you should know that Joshua Ayers is the champion of Godfall, everybody's favorite <laughs> wow. Gearbox published game. Competitive category. Hell yeah. John Miller is the champion of Mischief Makers, one of the greats. Non-professionals, they are the champion of Sifu. A little competitive. Matt Mini, 2008. I love this choice. They are the champion, and don't you forget it, of iRacing 2023 Season 1 Patch 1. Matt Mini, 2008, is the champion. Rabid Lime, of course, the one and only, is the champion of Garfield Kart. All hail Rabid Lime's skills in Garfield Kart. All right, I think that's it. Everybody feeling good? You feel good to be podcasting again? Yeah. Yeah. I like hearing yes. hear people's voices. Yes. I was talking about this in party chat, I think, but like after editing that best of for so long and stuff, I'm delighted just to hear people's voices saying new things. Like in the Monday meeting that we had, it was like delightful to just have the moment of like, hey, a new joke from Sarah Podzorski. Look at this. It's not just the same old jokes I've been editing for so long. So, hey, there's fresh new content coming. So stay tuned for a fun 2023 from MinMax. Thank you all for being here. And until next time, be good, have fun, let's go. Let's go.